Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Vault Podcast. Um, I am your host, Mark, and welcome to our Game of the Year 2022 edition. Um, very excited. Um, get to talk about all of our favorite games from this year. Um, and for that, um, I am joined by uh, Tom. How you doing? I am doing well. Uh, it's an end of another week. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> uh, Jen. Hello. And uh, special guest, uh, Jonathan. Hello. How you doing? We I'm thought, very excited. Um, I'm very yeah. excited to attack people's Game of the Year choices. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the sabers out already. Um, so, yeah. So, we brought Jonathan in just because um, uh, he's been a, a guest on the podcast throughout the year. And I know he plays just as many games as us. Uh, um, and thought it would be interesting to get a, someone else's take on their favorite games or top games of the year. So. Um, so, so before we get into all that, I know normally we start off with the, what have we been playing, but since most of the stuff we're going to be talking about on the game of the year section, um, have been games that we've been playing. Um, I thought we'd start off with the news. Jen, kick us off. Sure. So first up, um, I figured we would very briefly go through some of the highlights from the video game awards, especially if anyone out there missed what happened obviously you can watch the video but it's like three and a half hours long so i figured again i would run through some of the major things um i'm gonna do it quickly and then at the end if you guys have anything that maybe you'd like to add that i missed that you thought was really memorable or important you could jump in just so it doesn't take up too much time because we got to get to our main good topic so uh without further ado starting out with the biggest news which i'm sure most people already know about God of War Ragnarok kind of seemed like it was going to sweep the award ceremony. Um, they won six awards, I believe it was, including Best Narrative, Best Music, and Best Performance. Um, but Elden Ring rightfully took home the big prize of Game of the Year, as well as Best Art Direction. Um, just going through a bunch of the other prizes, not all of them. Uh, best Ongoing Game was taken home by Final Fantasy XIV. Stray won Best Indie and Best Debut Indie Game. While Best Video Game Adaptation went to League of Legends Arcane, which was really good in my opinion. Um, the most anticipated award went to Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom. Best Multiplayer went to Splatoon 3. And Best Fighting Game went to Multiverses. Um, and like I said, there are a lot of other awards that were given out. So if you want to read up on them online even, you can totally find that easily. Um, some other interesting things that happened during the event... Al Pacino made a random appearance to present Best Performance, which was won by Christopher Judge, who voices Kratos from God of War. And then he, uh, Kratos, uh, Christopher Judge, stood on stage and made a very long speech and had to be played off stage a few times with music. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the little thing I found by watching some other people's recaps of this um, is that Easy Allies had uh, Kyle Bossman on, who used to be with them and is now working with Jeff Keighley's like, production company or was hired for this. And... Um, Apparently, he was fine with Christopher Judge's long speech because a couple of the presenters were running late. So stretching, <laughs> stretching out that time in the beginning actually helped the show. So yeah. I, was watching, I was watching it with my sister, and um, she kind of, she's never seen this before, obviously, so she was, like, going with it. And she's like, wow, this is a really long speech. Usually in these kinds of award shows, they start playing music to kind of hint at the person that they're taking a long time. And then, like, right after that, they started playing the music. And I was like, oh, you're good. <laughs> But yeah, it was, I guess, I, I mean, it felt awkwardly long, but I guess it's good if uh, if they had people who were running late, because that probably helped them out too. But. Yeah, that, that's probably why they didn't start playing for a long time. 
They're like, all right, we'll give him, we'll give him 10 minutes and then we'll start, we'll start yeah. the music. Yeah. They probably uh, got like noticed that somebody had shown up that they were waiting for. Right. And was like, all right, we can play them off now. <laughs> um, aside from that, two of uh, other memorable award presentations, in my opinion, was Animal from the Muppets presenting the best oh. music award. Um, That's really so funny. Yeah, I, I, well, they panned and showed him in the crowd, and I was like, oh, okay, that's random but cute because they've had Muppets in the past. And then when he actually came up to present, I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> it was one of my favorite parts, actually. It was really cute. Um, my other favorite part, I think Mark at least would agree, when Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey um, yeah. went up on stage with uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, who were their uh, voice actors in the game uh, from The Last of Us. And uh, they put on a little bit together while presenting. I believe it was Best Action Game Award. Yeah, I believe um, so. I, so I think my cool. favorite part of that segment is uh, the stuff that Troy said at the beginning was definitely not scripted. And Pedro kind of had to fumble words together. Yeah. To, you know, well, oh, I we, I didn't think we were thanking each other. Um, <laughs> same to you, Troy. Seemed like a lot of things were unscripted at, at yeah. this show. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was interesting. Yeah, that's just that's what Troy does sometimes when he feels he needs to, you know, show gratitude. I guess sometimes it feels like like performance gratitude mm -hmm. at times with him. Um, and when he started doing that, I'm like, he's just doing that because he's on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was you know, like no reason to to do it the way he was doing it there. Uh, but yeah, good good on them for uh, coming up with that you know, bit, whether that was pre-planned or if they just decided it on stage. Um, yeah. It made sense and it, it worked out well. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we also saw that there is going to be Death Stranding 2. Uh, we oh, saw a very yeah. short teaser on that. Um, yeah. Hades 2 was also Man. announced. I don't know Jen, how Mark is still alive, actually. Before, before we get to Hades 2, uh -huh. Jen and John, there are Metal Gears in Death Stranding 2. Did you see really? the Metal Gears? I must have missed that. No. Metal Gear? Metal <laughs> Gear? Yeah, this big giant thing came out of the ground that definitely looked like a, a bipedal <laughs> thing that moved. He oh already boy. put cardboard boxes into the director's cut. Did they? Yeah. Oh, Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> but Hades 2, yes. Yes, Hades 2 was announced. Uh, and like I said, I'm sure I'm surprised you're still alive with all this excitement oh, that yeah. you were witnessing. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to wait for 1.0 like I did for Hades. Mm -hmm. Um, just because, um, I've done some early access games recently, um, might be talking about one of them later. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I would rather, I had more fun getting the finished game, um, right. when I played Hades, um, than I have with the, you know, when I've done early access, um, this year and in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm excited for you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the concept I've heard is, is real good. Um. You know, in terms of taking that to the next level. I sent Mark a few memes about that. Um, I think the best one was somebody posted before the a prediction before the Game Awards, um, Hades, but this time they're girls. And then they <laughs> after the awards, they were like, holy shit, I didn't think that was actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really the only way to take it. Um, it. Like, was to, you know, to make it either two playable characters, like a co-op thing, or you do a, uh, you know, gender, gender change uh, or swap on it. Um, but yeah, uh, combat, it still, it still looks Hades and real good. And uh, the, uh, the, the character model still looks sexy as fuck. Um, 
So I am happy with what I've seen. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to hear you talk about it when it comes out. Um, we also saw some news come from Cyberpunk 2077. So they are releasing a DLC called Phantom Liberty. Um, and they showed a little bit of a trailer revealing a new character named Solomon Reed, who is being played by none other than the incredible Idris Elba. So everyone yeah, freaked out these, about that. Yeah, these these three trailers felt like Jeff Keighley was talking to me. <laughs> it's like Mark over at Game Vault Pod. You ready for this? Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> and then he winked. And then Mark yeah. died again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. I'm like that uh, meme guy that like watches like uh, gossip videos or whatever on TikTok, and then he falls down like he died, and then something else happens in the video, and he pops back up. He's like, "I'm alive and I'm dead again." I was thinking of the Vince McMahon <laughs> meme where oh, it's yeah, like yeah. it shows like progressions of awesomeness, <laughs> and in the end, he's just like, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that was the Game Awards for you. Just watching, <laughs> hearing you present it and watching you yes. present it. Um, moving on, there is going to be a new space-themed game called Judas. Uh, the creators of Bioshock are coming out with it. And it does look very much like Bioshock, only in space. So no release date on that, but I'm excited. I mean, that looks like it could be good. I mean, I, I want to have hope that Ken Levine deviated a little bit from the uh, Bioshock formula, but this trailer did not did no. not do that at all. <laughs> No. The the trailer said something about like um oh like uh your something about like your choices matter and I was like wait a minute Bioshock didn't have choices except for the first one and the first one is like the textbook example of how not to do that yeah <laughs> that it's it is you get more rewards for doing the good thing so like <laughs> it's not a choice no. <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah no. and yeah as as excited as I am for another Ken Levine game. Um, I was a little disappointed that it did just look like Bioshock 4. We, I remember, I think you might have said it out loud, Mark. You're like, Bioshock? Or like Dan and I and my sister were watching it and Dan and I were like, what? Bioshock? Like, I think everyone yeah. was thinking it was literally a Bioshock game. Yeah, I, probably not me because uh, the one thing I did know he left that studio. So, um, and this was his new one. But um, yeah, I'm like, did he, in my head, or maybe I said it out loud, I was like, did he just make another Bioshock? Yeah. And with a new studio? Like, is that what he did? <laughs> like, it's not, yeah. it's like one of those, like, not 100% a sequel, but he's like, I had these art assets on my computer since, <laughs> since, uh, since the last Bioshock game. We're, again, we're using them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I mean, like I said, no release date yet, but I'm sure we're going to get more information as it, as it comes out. Yeah. Um, I, did you have something else to add? No, no, no. Okay. Um, also, there was another reason for me to want a VR headset, and that was Horizon Zero Dawn VR, Call of the Mountain, which is releasing February 22nd of this coming year for PlayStation VR 2. Um, so I made sure. I, I know. I know Game Ball Cat. It's pretty awesome. Um, I made sure to let Dan strongly know that I was excited about that. <laughs> yep, and then and they also announced. $400 PSVR 2. <laughs> yeah. And That's then they also the announced DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I'm excited. So, yeah. so Jen, uh, are you are you going Steam Deck or PSVR two? If you, you had would to need choose. a PS five, well, or... unfortunately, my plan was to win a Steam Deck and then buy the other one, but that didn't happen. Uh, so I don't know. It Honestly, I don't know either. what I would go for. I really do want a VR headset. I have to decide how many games I would actually play on it because I feel like, as of right now, a Steam Deck would make a lot more sense. 
but yeah and for psvr2 you would need to buy a ps5 as well right which is not happening anytime so, soon at least so it goes from a 400 dollars investment to like a 900 to a thousand i think it's a thousand dollars yeah 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 for sure that's that's fine <laughs> that's fine it's <laughs> fine <laughs> i'll just let dan know he'll be fine with it <laughs> Uh, uh, what else? Uh, we got a new trail, a trailer for the new DC team up game called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, and it was kind of bittersweet because we heard the voice of Kevin Conroy as Batman, which was unknowingly the last time he would have voiced that character. So it was nice to hear his voice, but also kind of sad. Um, but I know a lot of people are excited for that game. So we'll see how that goes I, when it comes out. For the first time in any of the recent Harley. And I did not like her voice. Oh, her voice was terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like nails on a chalkboard. Awful. That, that, that is like an example of how not to do Harley Quinn. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know what they were going for there. It was weird. If she, if she was just doing a more exaggerated um, version of, because I think it's what, she's from Brooklyn or? Yeah. One, yeah. So it's like, that was just a more exaggerated Brooklyn accent than, I, ugh, you know, what yeah. Margot Robbie and Kay Kaylee Kirko. Have done um, recently. Yeah, it was and, it was rough. Um, and then we got a new trailer of Destiny 2's PvP mode called Lightfall, um, and they confirmed the release date for that is going to be February 28th. Um, we also got a new trailer, Final Fantasy 16, and that's releasing June 22nd of this coming year. Um, were you around when they when they aired that, Tom? I don't remember. Yes. Yes. So before we get into the trailer. I'm pretty sure every game is coming out on that day next year. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure like every single game that got announced for this that had a release date was that day. So yeah. Yeah. it's going to be so, a busy day. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that Final Fantasy game is not coming out in June. No, that'll get pushed. It'll get pushed at least a month. Yeah. But it looks awesome. It looks dark. It looks very dark for a Final Fantasy. Usually Final Fantasies have some sort of lightheartedness to them. Like... With 15, you had, you know, all your boys. With this yeah. one, it just, everything looks very dark, which is interesting because they have not done that in quite a long time. Yeah. And uh, it should be a good change, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think the uh, um, having the 14 director is going to help a lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, from what I've seen online, people seem to be pretty excited about it for um, different reasons. So hopefully it's good. I'm sure you guys will like it. Um, Fortnite Chapter 4 has started, and they showed a little quick gameplay trailer, which revealed a first look of new characters Doomslayer and Geralt from The Witcher. I thought it looked real weird that Geralt was in Fortnite. I mean, I'm all for collabs, but that, that felt weird to me. I don't know why. He just looked too, I don't know, cartoony. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was weird. It's getting to the point where... It's everywhere. Supposed, it's supposed to be like a fun, like, kids game sort of thing, like, that mostly children are playing. And they're just putting all these characters that most of these kids probably don't know. That's not true anymore. Um, okay. When they added the no build mode, a bunch of adults started playing it. Okay. And so <laughs> I stand corrected. Um, yeah. They're like, it got a massive um, mm -hmm. boost in popularity this year because of no build mode. Because there were a lot of people who were like, I want to play as Goku with a gun. <laughs> However. <laughs> However, I don't want to try to um, have to learn all the like ridiculous building stuff and get killed by a twelve-year-old. Yep. Yeah, if, if I was going, if I was going to play Fortnite, it would definitely be no build mode. 
100%. Yeah. My friend, um, she picked it up specifically when they were doing the test, like, you know, this might be temporary no build mode. And then they kept it. And she's like, it's so much better. I love it now. So, yeah, yeah I agree. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people in general started playing it because of that. And also specifically adults like it a lot more. I am definitely inclined to believe I would also like it more because of the no building thing. I hated that. I, I couldn't do it. I just ran around and pretended like it was any other shooter game <laughs> and didn't win, really. But <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't get a victory royale. Yeah, I, I think I won once and then that was it for me. I stopped. I stopped on a high note. Well, that's um, still better than a lot of people. So congrats. Yeah, thanks. Uh, last, my last note is that a dumbass kid crashed the Game of the Year award to say he wanted to thank and nominate his reformed rabbi, Bill Clinton, and then was promptly ushered off the stage. And Jeff Keeley has confirmed he was arrested. So apparently he had been bragging to his friends that week about how he was going to do it. And nobody believed him. And he snuck past security and did it. So I, I congrats, bet he, you're a moron. I bet he thought that it was going to be God of War winning and he'd be able to blend <laughs> in better. Maybe. Than, I don't know. <laughs> than, than with the From Software people. He's, he got I, away with it anyway, but maybe. Yeah. I, I, I thought Miyazaki or, um, or, or one of them was going to hit the kid in the back of the head. <laughs> that would have been great. They were, I mean, from, it happened so fast that we were kind of all just like, what? Even Jeff Keighley was like, okay, anyway. <laughs> but yeah. looking at the stills after it, I mean, everyone that was standing up there that should have been there looked very, like, respectful. Like, no one well, looked yeah. like they wanted to, sh to throttle him. I think everyone was just like, what the hell is happening? It was weird. Yeah, was I weird. just wanted in, I just want the kid to get clobbered with the game award in the back oh, of the head. Oh, that would have been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but at least he was arrested, so. Yeah. You know. That's that's yeah. what I had as so, my big points, but I don't know so, if you guys some, have Someone else. was making memes about like making Jeff Keeley into like Jack Bauer backstage, like the kid's tied to a chair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> beating the kid. Maybe not Jack Bauer. Those people might have not understood that show, but you know, it sure. was you know that was the memes they were using. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite a good show. I. Um, and full disclosure with why we, we streamed, um, I put in for that thinking, we get 10 viewers, maybe. They're not going to, like, give the official restream. And then I realized that they give it to everyone that applied. And um, at that point, I'm like, well, I don't want to fuck this up, you know, um, if for any reason <laughs> this is a um, thing. Uh, but I, I was regretting it for, like, through the Christopher Judge thing. You know, the pre-show and in that point, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck, this show. And I'm stuck here for three and a half hours. And then the rest of the show just got better from there. I thought it was the best of game awards that they've had. Um, and I've watched most of them uh, since they, since I was 2016, I believe. or twenty. No, it's 2013 because they're doing 10-year anniversary. Um, which shows you how long it's been since it was on Spike TV. Um, this was the best one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. In terms of um the trailers were really good you know there wasn't any you know the presenter stuff wasn't too cringeworthy there were some there have been some really bad game awards <laughs> um in the past yeah um, like all of them yeah yeah like the like the majority of them um you know but this was one where i was like okay after 10 years it seems like maybe they found a groove but then that kid thanked bill clinton at the end and i'm like oh fuck that's all anybody's yeah. going to talk about it, yeah, it turned into the Will Smith punch of that Oscars. <laughs> um, 
where leading up to that point, someone pointed out that that Oscars was like historic and certain people winning awards and having won awards and, you know, and then that punch happens and nobody talks about, you know, Danny Glover winning an Oscar. Um, they only talk about <laughs> the punch. So I did feel kind of bad for that. But overall, I didn't regret my time. Yeah, it was definitely a time commitment, but it was fun. It was fun watching it and like hearing your thoughts on it and hearing you excited and having conversation with the chat and stuff. So I think it was it was good. And uh, I commend you for sticking sticking to it for that long. It was it's it's different when you're playing a game, I feel like, because sometimes you lose track of time. But yeah. sitting there and just waiting for a show to progress is like, yeah, it's much different. So you did a good yeah. job. Um, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I was ahead. being I was being mean. However, I did really enjoy watching the um, stream of it, like watching it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it was less, much less painful in the painful moments than it would have been if I was just straight up watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, like you mentioned talking to the chat. I not because he's here, but ninety uh, percent of my chat conversations were with Jonathan back and forth. Um, so you know, through some of the slow moments, you know, he did help get through that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was. I wish they would have been there to be freaking out about Armored Core because it took me way too long to figure out that that was Armored Core um, until I saw, I think it was around when I saw the mechs or something, or maybe maybe I didn't realize it until it came up on the screen or something. I think it was like right before the title popped up, you yeah. said it, and then the title popped. And you're like, hell yeah, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. That's the kind of stuff I mean, like it was funny listening to like your reactions on stuff like yeah. that. Because yeah. it just clicked in my head at one point. I was like, oh yeah, from, um, you know, from Meta Armored Core. Yeah. But, yeah it was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, moving on, it was just announced that we will be getting a film adaptation of the Death Stranding video game, uh, which somehow doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, Kojima <laughs> wants to get into movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so, been his goal from the beginning, right? Right. I don't think anyone's surprised by this. Um, it's going to be a collaboration between uh, Kojima and, and Kojima Productions and then the Hammerstone Studios. Which, if you don't know, that's led by Alex Lebovici, who was a producer on the horror film Barbarian. That's okay. pretty cool, I think. That was a pretty good movie. Um, yeah. As of now, we don't have any specific details, really, about anything. Um, but we do know that, according to the press release, it will introduce new elements and characters within the Death Stranding universe. So it's not necessarily going to be following along with the Death Stranding video game, like, perfectly. It's probably going to be a wider look on, like I said, the, the whole universe of what the game is based on. So it'll be a yeah. lot of newness, which is cool, I think. Yeah, and um, and yeah, that's the reason he called his, you know, studio Kojima Productions was because he wanted to do movies and games. Mm -hmm. um, but the, it just shot back to the Game Awards. I did like his self-deprecating joke about that he threw out the script for Death Stranding 2 and rewrote it because he didn't want to predict the future again. Oh, uh, <laughs> like yeah, Kojima. He could have, if you could have not done that, that would have been awesome. Yeah, he's basically for the most part, you know, in Metal Gear Two, he gets like the skeleton of social media, um, right? And then yeah, he predicted a lot of things, which is mm. scary. And Death Stranding <laughs> was just the pandemic. Yep, no big deal, just the pandemic. Um, he did voice that he's excited to work with Hammerstone Studios, and basically said that they are going to be pivotal to bring the Death Stranding video game to the big screen. So yeah, it makes sense. That, to work it makes them. sense that he, 
you know, teamed with a horror studio. Yeah, for sure. You know? It's, I mean, and I didn't play the game, but I've seen enough gameplay to know that it's got a really eerie vibe to it. So I'm sure it's, it's going to be good with them on board. Yeah. Um, and we don't have a release date, but uh, according to the press release, the movie is, quote, on the fast track with development underway. So I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot about it soon. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, like I said, I don't know anything about the movie or about the game. So you could probably guide us through when we actually have updates uh, on characters, maybe who are from the game versus not. I don't know if Norman Reedus would be in it. I have no idea. That's all I know about Death Stranding is Norman Reedus and a fetus in there, a glass case. There is a oh. character named Die Hardman. Oh, maybe. I, uh, oh. <laughs> I imagine this will be a prequel if I had to guess. Yeah, that would be my um, guess, too. That would be kind of cool to see everything go to shit, as dark as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to do The Last of Us treatment and retell the first game. No. Well, so, Mark, how many hours of cutscenes are there in Death Stranding? Probably enough to fill a trilogy. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, and they're going to turn that into a single movie. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's not going to have anything to do with that. With additional characters and, element, and story <laughs> elements. Yeah, yeah. This is he's starting a Fast and the Furious series. Oh Scott. no! Ten yeah, movies. Ten Your movies. <laughs> you heard it here first. Ten movies. Yeah, I, don't, well, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't. No, no, me neither. We'll see. I'm now. I'm even more interested to see what direction this goes in because these ideas are intriguing me. But speaking of video game adaptations, we have another one. Amazon is currently working on finalizing a deal with Games Workshop for the TV rights to the Warhammer 40,000 series because they want to release a live action adaptation of that game. Um, yeah. And glad to see uh, a certain somebody landed on his feet after getting fired. Yeah. yeah. So Henry Cavill is reportedly uh, finalizing securing a starring role in that series. Um, I don't think it's officially confirmed, but He's pretty much like signing the paperwork for it. Yeah. He um, gave up The Witcher to the lesser Hemsworth, right? He did. Yes. Yeah. He he left The Witcher series uh for uh gave it over to Liam Hemsworth and then unfortunately lost his role as Superman. So this is a big deal for him. And apparently he's like obsessed with Warhammer. He's a big gamer. Yeah. Um he, there's a video so. of him building his own computer or it's it's pretty it, it's pretty famous from the beginning of the uh the beginning of the pandemic, he uh, he built his first gaming PC and he put a video up and a lot he he went on television after the fact. He kind of shouted out a bunch of YouTubers that he watched mm, and it awesome. kind of blew up and a lot of uh, a lot of people got a lot of exposure from it, which was really nice. Yeah, that is really cool. He's just I mean, obviously, I don't know him, but people like that who are like closet nerds and then they come out as a nerd. They're just such nice people, I feel like. Yeah. They're like our people, you know? Um, but yeah, he he has expressed how excited he would be to be able to be involved in this adaptation in some way. So I'm hoping for sure that this is, you know, set for him. Um, he's amazing. I like everything he's in. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Um, and I have really good segues tonight. Speaking of Amazon... Ooh. The next Tomb Raider will be published by Amazon Games, not Embracer Group, which everyone thought was going to be the case. Um, Embracer Group has handed the rights over to uh, Amazon. So they will be publishing the next Tomb Raider game. Um, Crystal Dynamics is still actually developing it, but they're going to be relying on Amazon's big, huge, fat wallet and uh, all the support that is going to come along with it. 
Yeah, and, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It saves Embracer money. Yeah. Because they still own Crystal Dynamics. Mm-hmm. So they'll get the money from that end. And now they don't have to put the money out to publish it and market it. And, right. You know, exactly. Yeah. And Amazon has really been wanting to uh, to get more into games and that kind of stuff. So I'm sure they see this as a huge opportunity on their end. Um, and supposedly this is going to be the biggest, most expansive Tomb Raider, if I'm quoting the press release. So I'm inter- interested to see what that means. Um, but I mean, I mean, Amazon, Amazon, uh, I'm sure has a lot of, uh, has a lot of power that they could help, you know, Crystal Dynamics develop this game. So it's good to see that they'll finally be a game for the Luna. For the Luna. It's going to be so big. They're no longer going to call it Tomb Raider. They're going to call it Thream Raider. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yep. That was good. And that is all that I have for the news. All right. Yeah, so a nice news segment. You know, end of the year, um, you tend to get more news like uh, uh, Jen just uh, ran through there um, rather than, you know, um, us talking about what we played. Um, But that's what Game of the Year podcasts were made for. And um, I thought this year um, we tried to add a couple new categories in here. You know, this was always, you know, pass-fail for some of these. Um, That's why the... Final two categories are the ones that have like uh, hung around uh, more than than what we've done over the last couple of years. But um, so I wanted to start it out with um, a category uh, that I like just because we have completely different wide ranges of experience in terms of uh, uh, in in terms of video gaming over twenty twenty two here um, and just uh, you know games adjacent things in general. Um, so first category I had was, um, uh, your best moment, um, in gaming in 2022. Now that can be a moment playing a game, um, maybe beating something for the first time, you know, uh, something outside, some hardware thing outside of it. Um, just anything in general, just, just your best moment of the year that you look back and you were, you're really happy or excited that that occurred. Um, I'll start with, uh, let's start with Tom. Mine is going to be a little uh, time biased, but that's okay because it's. It, I still think it probably trumps everything, and that's loading up Kingdom Hearts two again for the first time in probably about ten years, and just hearing the music as soon as Roxas wakes up, and it's like I was. It was. I was back in high school when the game came out. It just kind of took me back to another time, which really uh it really lifted my spirit at that point it was uh it took you back to when your summer vacation was over (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i I talked about this on the podcast at some point but the first time i played that game i was on summer vacation so it kind of made me feel like i was on summer vacation and that was right yep that was a big part of it yeah that's a nice feeling i like that yeah so uh jen um so mine is Specific to streaming, um, I was playing a game when this happened, but my my biggest and best gaming moment of this year was being raided by a streamer, Psychohypnotic, while playing Phasmophobia, and that helped me reach my highest concurrent viewer count of 561 people in my stream. Nice. Um, it was awesome. insane. I saw the raid come through and was like like normal. I'm very like appreciative, and then I realized the number that it said came into my chat. And I remember like going about my normal spiel and thanking everyone and asking, you know, 
psychohypnotic how his stream went and welcoming in the community. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my God, there's 500 people here right now. What the fuck? Oh my God, what do I do? And it was just like overall an awesome moment. I'm just, I'm really thankful that he thought of me as like a good place to, you know, raid into. Um, and while I was talking to him while I was streaming, I learned that um, not only is he an official content creator for Phasmo, but if you guys have ever watched me play, there's a little potato with a funny face on it hidden in Tanglewood, which is like the tutorial house on, on in Phasmo. And if you throw it, it goes, oh, um, it's apparently his potato mascot from his streams that they added to the game as an Easter egg. And it's his voice that goes, oh, when you throw it. So I was like, oh my God, the potato is my favorite part. I had no idea that was you. This is extra awesome now. So it was it was really cool. That was definitely by far one of my my favorite moments of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan. You yeah. Um, so earlier this year, I um, I really liked Monster Hunter Rise and I started speed running it because I've been watching a bunch of Monster Hunter speed runners and I just checked speedrun.com and I still have the gold record for Magnamalo No Tools. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That I, I beat the, like, essentially the main story of that game in an hour and 27 minutes, um, which is pretty fast. And that's a very fun speedrun to do because it's, it's, it's just playing the game. There's, like, not any, like, real tricks to it. It's just, can you beat these monsters really quickly? That's crazy. Very cool. Yeah, it's all uh, speedrunning has always fascinated me. Um, so um, it's seeing seeing what you were able to do with that is is kind of nuts for a game I never really played. So it was more just um, hearing you explain, you know, uh, the process for it. What was fun when you were talking about that earlier in the year. Um, so um, yeah, so mine um, is not so much something for myself and not for Game Ball Cat. Um, it was, um, I was able to finally piece together some of my old PC, um, pieces and added a couple new ones and bought, um, friend of the stream and my niece, uh, Kitty Ashcat, um, her first gaming PC, um, or first desktop PC in general. Um, mm -hmm. she's just been using laptops. Um, and, uh, my moment was, uh, when, uh, she looked in her room and at first thought I just bought her a monitor uh, for some reason. <laughs> She's like, you got me a monitor? I was like, you might want to look below the desk. And then just the, you know, her face and, you know, uh, tears welling up in her eyes. Aww. And, you know, she was like, this is mine. I'm like, yes, this is yours. And, That's so cool. You know, oh so and since then, she's been. Um, you know, playing Minecraft to her heart's content on a big on a big screen now, um, and um, you know, trying trying her best at, at some phasmophobia stuff, um, and Dead by Daylight, um, and getting her friends to play Among Us. Um, uh, so it's been fun to see her um, gravitate away. Um, she still does it. Um, from Roblox, uh, but I think that's just that generation will always play games on there. Uh, but um, yeah, just hoping that eventually she grows into non, you know, the uh, Roblox s games and more into the traditional games so that we can, you know, be able to have conversations about it. Um, and uh, yeah, and just seeing her evolve. Um, in that way, and um, she got uh, really into Splatoon um, 3, 
uh, recently just because she's been playing like the knockoff version on Roblox um, <laughs> for months. Um, so, and she's already better than me um, at it. So it was, it, it's been, it's been real fun. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, in a couple years uh, that she will, um, you know, progress. And um, I got a, a surprise for her coming out up on Christmas. It might improve her phasmophobia gaming. Nice, uh, nice. That I got for her. So it was um, a haptic vest, right? So she could yes. feel the ghost attacking her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was trying to scare her more. <laughs> the fun part is that that wouldn't bother her. No. Like, her her sister true. would freak out. Yeah. But she she would freak out, but like wouldn't like blame me. <laughs> she would find it fun. Yeah, but that was awesome. You know, freaking out about it. Her sister would punch me in the shoulder, um, <laughs> which as she becomes more of an athlete is starting to hurt. Yeah, better watch um, out, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know if you guys um, have any other ones before we move on to the next category nope. here. Nope. 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 We're all good. All right. So the second category was just, I wanted to do this category and I don't mind if it's a real short one um, here, just because I was going through... And I always try to figure out my, um, you know, top five, top ten, whatever list. I go through release calendar on Game Informer and just see what came out. And looking through it and then um, having discussion uh, with Jonathan at a holiday party we were at, um, I thought it would be good to, um, I at least want to talk about um, the uh, category's name is That Came Out in 2022, um, you know, with a bunch of question marks and exclamation points. Um, my game, um, just to lead the way, um, is I didn't realize that, um, Dying Light 2 came out this year. I remember watching people stream it. I remember people talking about it. Um, but I thought that was all the end of last year. Um, uh, but that's what happens when games come out in, in Q4. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, for that game, it was just... It was a game I was looking forward to, and then it got into all the controversy with Chris Avalone and all that, um, which we don't need to dive into in this episode. But, um, you know, and then it came out, and I'm like, I might buy this. And then it sort of just fizzled in two weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it had to do with other games that came out around that time. There was also the controversy about it being really bucky garbage. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and two other games came out around that time um as well that that i got really into so you know and then that's what made me completely forget about it until i looked at the calendar um i don't know if if there were any games if any of you did the same preparation um uh for for the the game of the year and, and noticed anything that you had completely forgotten about um that came out this year i've got one yeah i have one so too when you're done jonathan <laughs> So um, I use Backlogged.com to track games that I've played and then see what other people I care about play. And um, they have their goatee list thing, and uh, theirs goes from December to December. So I open up the list of games to choose from for each category, and the first one in the list is Halo Infinite. And I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that game died so fast. Like, it was really big, and then it just was not. <laughs> you know why that is, right? Uh, they didn't release any updates and or any of the content that they planned on anywhere near the timelines <laughs> that they promised. What? Also, because Game Vault Pod stopped streaming it on Wednesdays. Oh, that's definitely and people why. people just, like, were like, yeah. forget this game. We're done. 
that's one hundred percent what happened. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. a, there, there's another thing I, I forgot. The, I forgot that. I forgot that Game Ball Pod streamed Halo Infinite in 2022. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god! Only for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. but it happened. It did. It was fun. So did Halo Infinite happen for a couple of months? Is that a coincidence? I'm, I don't wait know. Wait, did Halo Infinite come out this year? December. December. Yeah. Like okay. it's like December twenty first or something that like that. Yeah. Well, so it counts according to the site that I use to make my goatee list. Yeah, we would do the we would do this roughly December to December anyway as well because it's too late for last year's goatees, and so that's why they include it yeah. for this gotcha. year. Fair enough. I could um, add another game that I played to this list then if we're counting it. Sure, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jen, you seem you seemed excited about yours. Um, well, as soon as I understood what the topic was, this is the first thing that popped into my head because I when I was doing the same thing you were doing, I was listing all the new games I played this year. I was like, "Wait, that came out in 2022?" And that was Pokémon Legends Arceus. Yes. Um, it released January 28th, and I remember when it came out, it was huge news and like a bunch of my streamer friends were playing it and I was going to play it. I was really looking forward to it. And then I don't know what happened. Like time just sped up. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was like overshadowing it like crazy all of a sudden. And then, like I said, I, I like saw it on there and I'm like, wait, I thought that was 2021. And I never, never played it, never thought about it again. It was like it just vanished from my brain. Um, and I mean, again, to be fair, it was at the very start of the year, but it makes it feel like it came out so much longer ago. So, yeah, that, that's what that's what all the games in this category tend to come out in Q4 um, right. or late Q3. Um, well, no, I guess December would still be Q4. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's exactly what happens with these games. Um, thankfully, two of the games that came out Q4 probably had a more of a lasting impression and will probably show up on a couple lists here. Um but yeah, yeah. The uh, I was hoping someone mentioned Pokemon. Either mm-hmm. that, or did you remember they released a Battle Royale this year? I think that was this year. Uh, it's a MOBA. MOBA. Pokemon Sorry. Unite. Oh Unite. my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pokemon. Yeah. I played the crap out of that game when it came out too. So that's <laughs> bad. I didn't even remember. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Tom, what was your December game from last year? It's uh, it's Halo Infinite. I had no idea. I I beat Halo Infinite. Yeah. I and I liked it, but I have I totally forgot that it counts towards 2022. So yeah, the the way I do it, and this is basically what Backlogger does as well. They do an arbitrary date, but I would count anything like Q4, December through March, you know, for the you know, as part of like 2022 or you know. A certain game that just released um, uh, this year. If if we want to count it for next year, we can. Crisis um, Core was excluded from my list. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, just because of that 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 time frame there um, works because none of us got far enough um, in it to um, give a full opinion on it. So um, and also it would have been for you know um, I think there was another didn't there was another game that released on in december like a few years ago that would have been on our list uh but yeah yeah so oh i'm glad that all of you had something for this category yeah that was <laughs> fun i like this category we should definitely do it again next year yeah yeah it's always the fun because i i like and you seem to do this same thing jonathan and jen um just go back through the year 
Yeah. And it's just amazing the ebbs and flows of what, you know, is popular at the time. Um, and, um, and as Tom kept yelling on the um, uh, Game Awards thing, everything's Tom bi- time bias. They have Tom bias, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> time bias um, for the awards, um, which is yeah. why Multiverse has won, by the way. I, I, I think I agree with Tom, Tom on that. Yeah. Uh, I, everything in awards like yeah. that is time bias. It's kind of yeah. bullshit. Or, or Jonathan's other theory that if it's Sony exclusive, <laughs> it's more likely to win. Apparently. <laughs> apparently every Sony exclusive won. <laughs> Including Stray. Except for Except. poor Horizon Zero Dawn, who is out- overshadowed again. Against, yep. We had to go up against <laughs> God of War. I know. What the hell? And Elden Ring. Um, and rude. Elden Ring. The funny thing, um, slight tangent, um, they, I, Jen, you probably, I don't know if you saw this, they announced that they're going to do like two or three Horizon games in the next few years. Um, like they're doing a straight up another Aloy game. Oh, I didn't um, see this. And um, they're going to do like a multiplayer game sort of thing. And they were going yeah, and they were going to, yeah, and they were going to do something else, like outside of the stuff that's already been announced. Oh. And, I saw somebody on Twitter was like, and each one of those will be released next to a generational game. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, um, uh, thank God. Uh, Horizon was probably glad it got away from Breath of the Wild 2. And to, <laughs> yeah. to just realize that it, it fell a week before Elden Ring. It, backed, it was like backing away, thinking it escaped, and then it backed up into... <laughs> an even bigger game. <laughs> an even bigger game. Ugh. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so this is the one category that I like to, um, open up to the, uh, the Twitter audience. If you have a game that you, like, completely forgot about, or even want to talk about the ones we brought up and your experiences with them, um, or maybe things you saw streamers play and then completely forgot they were this year because, you know, the streamers dropped them because viewership was down, um, feel free to let us know over at Twitch, uh, um, um, Twitter at um, for as long as it's still up at Game Vault Pod um, over there, um, and you'll probably also comment on any of our Instagram and or any other social medias we do um, as well. Um, if you're not on Twitter anymore, but um, yeah, so next category is one of our uh, foundational ones. Um, we do this mostly because um, I play um, more games than the other two members or core members of the Game Vault Pod here. Um, so we tend to um, leave this category open because uh, uh, Tom specifically likes to play um, older games um, uh, throughout the year. Um, it's the best game you played this year that uh, didn't release in 2022. You know, you know, it would have been December to like pre-December 2021, as we have established um, here. Mark, this is a retro gaming podcast. You can't act like Tom is weird for playing old games. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm the host now. Aww. No, um, <laughs> uh, and I And yes, if you're wondering, I did the thing for Captain Phillips, even though there's no video component of this. Look at um, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, let's start off. Um, let's go. Let's go sort of backwards. Let's start with Jonathan. Okay, best old game. Uh, you mentioned this, and I was like, oh, I got to think. 
because um, this year is unique in that this is the first year that I've had enough recent or games from this year that I really loved that I my top five list is only games from this year. Like those are the ones that I most want to talk about. Yeah. However, one of my I played one of my new favorite games of all time this year, and that is Drakengard three. That nice. game whips so hard. It is so good. Oh, man, it is fantastic. And uh, nobody else likes it. And I completely understand why they hate it. <laughs> hate like many parts of it. Yeah, this was I played the original one, right? For roulette. Yes. Not great. Dra- yeah. Yeah. Dra- yeah. This you- is the one. Yeah. The, this is the one that's more anime. Uh, the one you played. I don't. Right? That is not the way I would describe it. So Drakengard 3 is um, very sexually graphic, the story. (laughs) It's also (laughs) extremely funny. And um, it's, yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did say it whips so hard. So I get that now. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Jen. So you guys are really going to be surprised. But uh, my best old game is Phasmophobia. Um, and it's because Surprise. if I picked another game, I'd be lying to all of you. So it, it, um, beat out, it beat out Dead by Daylight this year. It did. And here's why. If you need proof, this year I was ranked in the top 1% of Twitch who streamed this game. Nice. I streamed it. I'm, yeah, that's, it's actually surprising to me. I didn't realize I did it that much. Um, I've logged 777 hours in the game, and at least 500 of them were from this year alone. Um, yeah, and I've nearly surpassed my time in total spent playing Dead by Daylight on PC. So <laughs> I felt like that was pretty concrete evidence that that is the best old game that I like playing. Um, Phasmo to me is still that classic, like can't put it down horror game. Um, it has the jump scares and the really creepy ghosts and puzzle elements to it and the haunted vibes and the awesome maps. And I think it stays fresh for me because of the changes that they slowly roll out over time. Um, so, you know, we've gotten new maps and a new home base and truck and some new tools and just quality of life changes like custom difficulty and uh, really fun holiday events that they started doing, which I really appreciate and uh, some really hard achievements to work towards. So it's kind of, it's breathing new life into the game. Even though it didn't really start going stale for me yet, I was wondering when that time was gonna come, but now I don't have to be worried about it because I'm really enjoying all the newness and we have a lot more stuff to look forward to, um, like character cosmetics and new equipment and new ghost models and more maps and just a lot of fun stuff. I think Phasmo definitely kicked off a wave of indie ghost hunting and paranormal games, but they're amazingly remained on top because of how great the game is. And I think they're very dedicated to keep improving it. And I think like while the genre itself isn't for everybody, obviously, I definitely recommend anyone that hasn't tried it yet. If you have some sort of an interest in horror or paranormal movies or games, just give it a shot. Um, It's a lot of fun. And uh if anyone doesn't want to play it by themselves, you're always welcome to join me. I would always love to help new players, especially. And uh, I have a lot of people who like playing it too, so you could always go in with the full team. Yeah, question, how many years has it been out? Uh, I think it came out October 2020. So okay, like yeah, the end so, of October 2020. So two, Yeah, a year and a half, 18 months is right for clones to start popping up. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, we got Ghost, uh, I forget what it's called now. Corp. 
Yeah, it was Ghost Hunters Corp. That was the first like major clone that came out in, I want to say, like four or five months after Phasmo. It was really big, maybe less. Um, and I was like, ew, they're copying. But I, mean, I also like, learned things can coexist because either they suck or they're good for a different reason. So, yeah, because yeah. I wonder if we look back to, I think, like the Friday the 13th game and a bunch of other stuff may have come out 18 months after Dead by Daylight. Because that seems uh, to be like the running schedule for like if something becomes instantly popular, yeah. um, somebody copying it. Um, because that's usually the general and not yeah. knowing anything about development. Um, it's just just my observation of also following the PUBG stuff. Um, you know, Fortnite changed gears uh, from a, a, a what is it tower defense game um, mm -hmm. to what it is today. Um, in about that amount of time. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to see because I've been there pretty much since the beginning with you in that game Yep. Um, through the pandemic. Um, and it is fun to see that timeline actually bear out in real time, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, right. You know, not, not having to do like a historical research on it. Uh, but yeah, even games like VHS and all that, um, you know, sort of... Uh, bore out of both that and Dead by Daylights, mm -hmm. you know, um, is sort of kept the ball rolling um, in terms of, 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 I guess, a new new generation of horror games. It's not like survival horror. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the asymmetrical horror is, uh, I don't know if it was, I know Dead by Daylight came out about a year before Friday the 13th did, and Friday the 13th died out for various reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, asymmetrical horror. I, I, I don't know much about it before I started playing Dead by Daylight, but I wonder if DVD was like, if it existed, maybe a resurgence yeah, uh, of the genre. I'm not sure. So, so asymmetrical games like this have existed, but I feel like Dead by Daylight was the first one to kind of get it right. Mm. Um, like, because what was the, what was the first one? The Evolve? Only, the first one I remember is Evolve. Yeah. Which yeah. flopped really hard. Because it was yeah. just like not good, right? But it had all of the same type of yeah. So the premise of Evolve is one person plays it like a giant monster, and the other people all play like sci-fi hero shooter characters. But they have right. like weird abilities and stuff. And so I remember playing the demo, and the shooting was like not very good, and your guns were all weird, and so it felt like you were kind of fighting what your characters were able to do instead of fighting like the monster so much. And then it just like didn't really find an audience. So mm -hmm. I think Dead by Daylight is the first one that was like really successful. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, DBD. Um, and I, I do, I agree. I think like when you have one really successful game that just does it right and continues to improve, then you have, you know, a lot more that come out and some of them die out because they just can't, be unique enough to coexist where people are like, oh my God, you're literally just copying. Um, and then you have the ones who like get the inspiration and then they turn it into something really good that's their own. So I feel like like Ghost Exile and Ghost Watchers, they're pretty good, creepy games that can sort of coexist with Phasmo, but Phasmo is always going to be like the best, uh, in yeah. my opinion, out of all of those. Yeah. But. yeah. So, um, Tom, what do you got? So, this is going to sound weird, but my game is not that old. Oh. So the best game that I played this year that did not come out this year was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's yes. a good one. I, I was wondering if you were going to pick that one. 
yeah it, it's it's a lot of fun like i said in the past it's kind of different from the type of games that i usually play but the funny part is if i if i do run across a game like that generally it's insomniac that i will hmm. th- that i end up playing because i played sunset overdrive which insomniac did this has a lot of similarities to sunset overdrive and i feel like that's the kind of game that kind of got overlooked especially for people because ratchet and clank was a sony property and sunset overdrive was only on xbox so i feel like a lot of the people that would have played that game did it yeah. because they didn't own an xbox so uh i feel like anybody who has ever played a ratchet and clank you're gonna like this one it it plays awesome it's gotten it's got some new things i like the fact that they got new characters and everybody is is voice acted really well it's funny so i can't complain it's it's one of the best better games i've played and it would be in the game of the year running if it was out this year that's yeah. how much i enjoyed it yeah the uh um the comparison you make with, with sunjet overdrive i feel i'm starting to feel the same thing for this ratchet game in the sense that um, i'm seeing people go hey you're just picking up a ps5 you should go get ratchet and clank like oh, that definitely. that shows it off you know, probably one of the better games to show off the PS5, um, outside of Astro. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, the same thing happened with Sunjet Overdrive. It was like, it started becoming that word of mouth thing, um, where I just imagine people are like the, the, the Dave Chappelle addict thing, walking up and like, have you played Sunset Overdrive? Have you played it? You gotta play it. You know, sort of just um, that kind of sneaky, you know, word of mouth um, for it. Um but yeah, I feel like both games fit in that same wheelhouse of they did a really good job of showing off the new console, but kind of got lost in the shuffle because nobody bought that console at launch or even launch window. Um, yeah, for Be- for different reasons. Right. Well, it was so hard to get a hold of that. Yeah. I feel like people just didn't play it, which is very possible. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. You know, because of scarcity of PS fives. And Xbox One was just because, you know, Don Matrick fucked it up for everybody. Um, and not too many people bought Xbox Ones to start, uh, which is a shame because I, I did play a little bit of Sunset Overdrive, but not a whole much, whole bunch. I might show up in our um, Sunday streams once I get done with Uncharted 4. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend if you have not beaten Sunset Overdrive to give it a shot. Yeah, I might just start from the beginning because I think my save is on my... I don't even know if there was a save on my Xbox One. Um, well, it's on. I, I think it's still on Game Pass, so yeah. you might even be able to play it on. Oh, oh yeah, I can play it on on the series, but I don't know if I ever uploaded the save to the cloud. So okay. it might be starting from zero on that one. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So my game um, will tie into a little bit of what we're talking about. Um, you know, for for our, our games of the year, um, if it's not obvious, but um, in the run up. Um, uh i after our um uh what's called extra life um where we discussed um you know anthony was talking about the games he liked and all that um i realized that i hadn't played through um god of war 2018 um and i came back from that and i marathoned that game for um and almost i almost got the platinum for it um in the matter of um a short amount of time um, in it, and somehow I avoided most spoilers um, for it. Um, the one, the one, I guess, quote unquote, major spoiler that's supposed to happen in that 
Dan had told me, and I was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, of course that's going to happen. Um, but it, it was still impactful when it happened, um, playing through that game. That game is combat, it, to me, is fun. Um, I do play it on a lower level, so it makes some of the um, you know, combat a little bit easier than um, you know, if you're playing on the Give Me God of War, which I've seen streamers play on. Um, and I, and this is funny coming from someone that does play Souls games, um, I think in a game where I can control the difficulty level, um, I don't think I could ever choose to make it that difficult on myself. Um, because especially for a game like God of War, that's so cutscene story heavy, um, which is a big twist from, um, I think, the PS2 games. But um, yeah, yeah. The, this God of War, I'm trying to just walk around not talk about the story because I know Tom wants to play it. Um, oh, I do. Oh, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the story is really good. It you know you know they they did a really good job of you know building that relationship throughout the game and you know the different introductions of you know the new pantheon, um, you know was was really really well done um, and left some mysteries um, going into the next game. Um, so um, hopefully you probably won't do what I did, Tom, where. You bought the game, and then I sat with it for a day. I mean, not bought the game. You finished the game, twenty God War twenty eighteen, and you sat with it for a day, and go, and then you look at your PlayStation app. You go, I should buy Ragnarok. <laughs> I really want to play Ragnarok. Um, and then I picked it up and uh, played that over a longer period of time, um, just because I wanted to get it done for this podcast. But again, I'm almost platinum in that game. Um, I think I got three more trophies left. Um, in it, but um, yeah, yeah, this was definitely um, the one of the better old games that I played in a while that just wasn't a uh, you know a sports game or a rehash or something. And I recommend anybody, even if you've heard the spoilers um, for one or both games, um, you know, still experience it because um, I did really enjoy my time with it. So I have a section of my notes labeled when Mark brings up God of War. Do you want oh, no. me to talk about this now or do you <laughs> want me to save it for later? Do Does it involve both games? Because we can save it for my Ragnarok because you're, Either one. you're yeah. probably going to be upset I, when that comes up. Well, no, I, I'm not going to be upset. I It's going to be brief and I'm not going to attack the game. <laughs> um, but I just have a thing that I want to yeah. say and I brought a soapbox with me to stand on. Okay, when, um, no problem. <laughs> whenever you bring up God of War. You can, yeah, if this was on camera, you see Jonathan slowly putting the soapbox <laughs> back away. Um, but yeah, we will definitely be talking about that later. If, you know, if, if that okay. was an obvious. I will. I will save this section of notes for when you bring it up in your list. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so that brings us to our final category, which is one that's unique to us, which is why we always end these categories um, before we get to our goatees um, with this one. Um, we do a segment, if for some reason, if you pick Game of the Year 2022 as your first Game Vault podcast, welcome. Um, we do something every week called um, Retro Roulette, uh, where we spin a wheel on Tom's uh, uh, games that he owns um, and just play one of them uh, for, um, you know, uh, for two weeks. And then we discuss it. Um, uh, for those of you that listened last week, we'll probably just touch on Kingdom Hearts 2 in the next episode, 
um, just because this one will run a little long and also to give us some of us some more time to play it. Um, uh, that may have been cramming other games. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so what we do every year is we pick our favorite uh, retro roulette game that we've either played um, along with it or if we didn't get a chance to play the one that you enjoyed watching um, on our streams as we stream uh, the game that's picked every other Monday. So the Monday the podcast airs, we stream the game. So um, again, we'll go back around. We'll start. Um, Tom, do you, I know you started the year playing the games um, uh, for the most part. And then, you know, it, um, life happened and then it transitioned into me taking over every Monday uh, yeah. or every other Monday. So um, which one of the games did you enjoy playing this year? So this was tough for me, but I think since we're probably not going to count Kingdom Hearts 2 because it's... it's oh, not for you. I was going to immediately make you pick a set if you chose yeah. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> uh, It was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, it was by far the best game we played, I feel like. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Uh, and also, it's one of those games where you kind of understand where... Every, it, it's like it's like a Citizen Kane of gaming. You understand where everything has come from from this game, if that oh, yeah. makes sense. And the fun uh, thing, tying it into a certain game we'll talk about later, uh, the director for uh, Ragnarok, um, when he releases a game, he barricades himself, well, not literally, but um, he says he barricades himself in the office and plays um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night the day the reviews come in, because he doesn't want doesn't to hear the reviews. Um, I get it. <laughs> I get it. He just plays through um, that game. Uh, he had a good joke, slight tangent. Um, when Corey Barlog, who's the guy that was the director of um, uh, God of War 2018, um, that day he came barging in the office into his office and was like, "What are you doing?" And he pointed to the screen. He's like, "Well, you know, I kind of, I just need to go to the library, you know, and <laughs> because I got this new weapon now." He's like, "Isn't it obvious?" And basically, it was because you know all the reviews came in for Ragnarok at that point. But it is a, it is one of those games. Um, and I'm glad you got to experience it if you, if you hadn't already, um, you know, for the first time that it's just, you know, one of, one of like in quotes, capital letters, whatever, those game, you know, yeah. that, that people always go back to. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those games that if you haven't played, you really should. Yeah. And it'll hold up. Um, it definitely still holds up because game, like I said, games still exist today that do the same things that it did. And you'd be hard pressed to to find a, to find like a any any uh, rip Metroidvania that's not just ripping ripping the game completely off. Yeah, there was a there was a game released, I believe, last year, and if not, it would be in should have been in the other category we had. Um, that was pretty much just an updated version of that game. Um, you know, was that Bloodstained or something like that? Um, yeah. yeah, 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 and. Just to show you that basically they just updated the process of that game. Um, well, that's another example of the person who made a really famous thing, then left the studio, went to another studio, and said, I'm making the exact same thing, but it has a different name, so I don't get sued. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, it was just um, interesting to, to see. Uh, I guess, I guess, what is it? It's 50-50 on those that I... I can kind of point to, you know, that game turned out to be pretty good. 
Um, and then Mighty Number no. Nine pretty much sucked. Um, so hold that hope for you know Ken Levine's game. It's got a, got a fifty fifty chance. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Any any other thoughts on Castlevania? Uh, I mean, it still looks great. I mean, you could load it up. I feel like it's it's been re released a couple of times, but it still holds up the way it looks today. And the music is just incredible. And it's really tight to play. Like it's re you really aren't going to have any problems with the controls and it just it just feels good it's hard to describe i think they used to call it play control back in the day that was that was what they would that's what they would uh call a game that controls well but i would have to say that the play control is excellent yeah the uh, sorry about the art style um one of the interesting things about Symphony of the Night is that at the time when it came out, people were like, oh, this game looks terrible. It's not in 3D, which is the future, man. And now when you look at PlayStation games, like in 2022, it's like, okay, so Symphony of the Night looks fantastic. This is amazing. They really know what they were doing, and they, they did a great um, job with the art direction. And you look at like basically every other game that came out on the PS1, it's like, wow, this looks like garbage. You, you did not know what you were doing. You had no idea how to make 3D um, uh, sprites to look decent. Yeah, it's it's funny because it was like you said, it came out at a time where 2D was very, uh, very frowned upon. Even on, especially on the PlayStation, the PlayStation didn't want to release games that were two dimensional. So it's interesting that this game even happened. Right, and it, uh, I'm glad it did. But it's one of those games where it's rare today because. It didn't sell well because of the fact that it was a two-dimensional game when everything was going 3D. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what makes it hold up um, nowadays, especially uh, because it was, you know, a lot of those early 3D games do not, especially the PSX era. Was it? Uh, well, we learned that very quickly when the the, the PlayStation Classic came out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jen, what was your favorite retro roulette game? So. This one was a little bit hard because I had two games that stood out for me amongst the rest. But um, overall, I wound up picking Spyro the Dragon. Um, yes, this this game was a huge nostalgia bomb for me. And it's also just incredible overall. And, you know, obviously putting aside my love of dragons. Uh, I remember as a kid, I was obsessed with this game. This was one of my favorite games. Um, it looked great back then. I think it still looks good. Um, and it was easy for me to understand and play as a kid which is which is really nice um it has this this tutorial in the beginning of the game that's built in well enough where you learned how to play without feeling like you were going through a boring or really cheesy tutorial and um i genuinely think this game ignited my love of exploration in gaming but also may have had a hand in getting me into open world games with the exploration aspect to it because i remember just sitting there and like sometimes i didn't even go along with the actual game and i just wanted to run around and like explore stuff um yeah. and playing this again for retro roulette i remember finding things that i never found as a kid like hidden areas of the map that i didn't even know you could get to so it was kind of it was like i don't know i was i was experiencing it for the first time in that aspect which was pretty cool um and playing for retro roulette also made me realize it's a pretty well-balanced game in terms of difficulty like yeah. even as an adult playing it's not like ridiculously easy, but it's also not rage inducing. And I remember getting to the ice part and stopping because I was getting frustrated and I was like, this isn't that kind of game. Like I'm just getting tense and, and sliding off this stupid pillar a million times. 
Um, and the music is great. It just, it's so much fun. Um, my runner up was Parasite Eve. Um, but you know, ultimately this has always been one of my favorite games. So I, I felt like it was a clear choice for me. Yeah. That's a game I also want to get back to because it's, yeah. it, it's been one of those in the backlog, um, of forever in terms of completing it. Um, because I, I get to a certain point. Um, I think every time I make it to like Central Park area, which I think it's like the second area of the game. Yeah. The um, zoo, the zoo area. Yeah. 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 I got stuck there because of some dumb little, like I had to click at a specific part of the desk that you can't see with your eye. You just have to yeah. like click every space in that room. Yeah. And yeah, I got stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I had, I had bought this game for in an old school, like, um, I guess the modern equivalent would be like, if you guys know finger hut magazine where you can buy something and pay for it, uh, monthly, um, charges. Um, I'm only making that comparison because I know there are other ways to pay monthly charges on things, but this was a magazine um, that came out. And um, then I pointed out, I was like, I want that game. And I paid $9 a month, uh, which by the time the payments were done was definitely more than if I just went to Toys R Us and purchased it outright. (laughs) Um, So I was like, oh, I'm saving money. My dumb, you know, uh, 12 year old brain or whatever Aww. it was at that point. Um, and my mom was like, sure, he'll get to learn a lesson. I'll let him do this. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that game has been like a part of my gaming, like um, uh, history um, yeah. for as long as I can remember. Um, and so uh, anybody else have thoughts on um, Spyro? No. Okay. Thumbs up. Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. What do you got? I- my retro roulette game of the year is Drakengard, obviously. <laughs> um, I wanted to make y'all play this game because um, it, I think Replicant, Near Replicant was coming around, coming out yeah. around the same time. And if I remember correctly, none of you have played any of the Near games or any of the Drakengard games. And right. so I was like, you need to see how like weird this is that um, like how much Yoko Taro pushes like what you can do in a narrative, like what's considered acceptable. Yeah. Um, and also, and I was like, but the thing is that like people say like, wow, Dragon Guard's got a really interesting story, but like the gameplay sucks. It's just a worse, um, half of it is a worse ace combat and half of it is a worse dynasty warriors. And so I played this game for the first time since I was like a child when the PS2 was new and I was like, nope, childhood me was right. This game rules. This is so much fun to play. I <laughs> love the combat. I like how it flows. I like what it's going for. Yeah. Yeah. I was just because I had no experience with it when I was playing it. Um, you know, that's why I was kind of frustrated with certain aspects of it. Um, I feel if you learned how to play it, um, you know, um, over a long period of time and not just a short stream. Um, that we had on it, um, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Because um, when I did start clicking with some of the combat, um, it was fun um, to play. But I can absolutely see, you know, um, it's one of those games where you can see why people would like it. Like, um, it's not like looking at a game and go, I don't get it, you know. Um, it is definitely falls into that category. Yeah. So, um, anything else on Drakengard? No, I want to get to my goatee list. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so I am going to draw out my no. Um, 
So my choice for um, uh, best retro roulette game is uh, a game that uh, I really haven't played in a while, but um, is one of the games that I loved. Um, I really enjoy any time I get to play Jackal. Jackal is real good, um, and it uh, you know still tends to be real good. A lot better to play it with two people um, than just just yourself because um, it does spread around the uh, enemies a little bit more. Um, but I love the concept of being able to level up your weapon um, and, uh, you know, go through uh, the music. It sounds like it would get old, but it does not um, when you're playing it over and over again. Um, it's a pretty good NES game um, that, that, that I do enjoy. Yeah, so that was, that was my choice. Um, so um, without further ado, um, uh, let's get to our uh, game of the year. Um, list. I know Tom had said beforehand um, he's only really played three games that came out um, this year. Um, now so four. Four. Okay. Now four. Now four if you count Halo. Got it. So, <laughs> so me, Jen, and uh, Jonathan will do our number five, and then all four of us will be in on from four through one. Um, so, um, since he was so eager, I'll let Jonathan start off with his number five. Okay. Um, so this one was a this is this one was a really late surprise. It was a late addition to my game of the year list, um, and it's been so hard not talking to you guys about this. I wasn't gonna buy it, but because of a friend, I had a chance to play it for free, and I I really ended up liking it. Um, you know that I have a bunch of problems with the story, but the gameplay, the graphics, and the soundtrack just blew me away, and I really enjoyed my time with this game. It's a wonderful reimagining of the original PS2 character action game and just really shows off what the new consoles are capable of and the unique art form that is video games. Um, I am posting a clip in the chat and um, I want you to watch this while I say the next thing. So the game I'm talking about is Gungrave Gore. Um, (laughs) Gore stands for Gunslinger of Resurrection. This is the like reboot of the ps2 game which was like a licensed game for an anime it's a third person shooter the so you're watching that clip and i'm not um i think i've said this on this podcast before or i've at least said to all of you in person that video games are not a monolithic thing it's a medium it's and not a genre however also video games is when you shoot enemies to fill your destruction gauge so you can (laughs) kick a bullet bill at enemies for 420 art points that's pretty good timing, by the way, because it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I did not. I had not played the PS2 game. I had not watched the anime, but I loaded up this game and I saw the introduction, cu- intro, like cutscene thing, and I was like, "Holy shit!" The art direction in this is insane. This is really, really good. This is the first thing I have seen that makes me think, "Man, this is next gen graphics." <laughs> and then the gameplay is this. You see how many bullets you shoot at enemies. Yes, and there's that it automatically targets them because the whole point is just to be shooting constantly. And then also there's that skull in the top left. When you do enough damage to enemies, it fills up. Um, the skull bites a bullet and then adds another <laughs> dot to that gauge. And the dots on the gauge let you use the special attacks. And the first one you have is that attack where you kick a bullet bill at enemies. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then also um, there's a part in that clip where an enemy turns purple and then has RB above their head. Mm -hmm. That is you use a 
like a chain grappling hook to pull yourself towards them to instantly execute them. And that also gives you art points. Art it's, points. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's, it is so good. <laughs> it's just, and the music is fantastic. It's just the whole thing. It's just beautiful. A masterpiece. I love it so much. Well, it's funny. You sent us the clip. I haven't gotten bored watching this 15 second clip and it's <laughs> must have repeated like six times. So I guess that's a testament in itself, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does look good. It's fun. Yeah. This, this definitely looks like uh, one of those games that um, I would um, play through mainly because uh, someone like Jonathan would just keep telling to me, you have to play this game. You absolutely mm -hmm. have to play this game. Yeah. Um, and then I play and I go, why wasn't I playing this game? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Good. One of the things that stands out about this is how, like, this is just a PS2 game. Like, all of the gameplay and stuff, this is just a PS2 game that they released in 2022. Like, yeah. it looks better. It's got better, like, quality music and stuff and, like, larger levels and whatever. But this is a PS2 game. It plays like a PS2 game. The controls are the same. Like, I looked at footage of the original game and I was like, holy shit, this is literally the same thing. <laughs> um, That's cool. And it's just, and that makes it, like, really controversial or polarizing because some people are like hell yes i miss being i miss video games and other people are like what the hell is this i mm -hmm. this is um this seems like garbage why would anybody want to play this yeah it, watching the clip it makes it fall into like the god hand um yes. genre of game um where that is also another game where somebody um i i never really played too far into it but someone kept telling me you have to play this and then i finally rented it and played it, and I'm like, this game's amazing. <laughs> it's really dumb and amazing, and I love it um, so much. But yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, this was this game being on the list is um, one of the reasons why I did wanted to bring uh, Jonathan in because um, I do know he always uh, brings a game that I didn't even think about or now want to go play immediately um, after the stream's over. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving on, Jen, uh, you're number five. Yeah, so actually what you just said, how, uh, you know, your friend mentions, you got to play this, you got to play this, you got to play this, and you're like, fine, and then you play it, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. That's my number four, and it's Neon White, a game I never in a million years thought that I would play and enjoy playing because I'm not a speedrunner person. Like, I love a good speedrun to watch, but yeah. I don't do speedruns. Um, at least I thought I didn't. And then I realized that one of the best parts of doing a speed run, I, I would assume, is the competitive aspect, obviously. And uh, I realized that I can compete against Mark and my other friends that had the game. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then watching Mark stream it a few times on Game Ball, I was like, oh, you know, it looks good. It sounds really good. Um, you know, I'll, I'll see how it goes. And then it was just like, retry, 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 retry. And it bit me so hard, this game. Like, I got the bug so fast. And it was it was really fun, like, going back and forth with you, Mark, about, like, who was beating whose times. Yeah. And I remember there, like, there were a few lunch breaks where I was just playing Neon White while I was eating and, like, trying to, like, destroy all your times. And then, yeah. you know, I would send you a message like, go check your times. And you're like, no. And then you'd send one back and be like, yeah, I, I don't know, with the gif saying like, uh, go check your times. And I would get frustrated yeah. and then you would get frustrated. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah that game I, I, is uh, is brilliant, I think, in many ways. 
it, it's good that you bring it up here because it is not on my list. Um, uh, mainly because um, I got to the point where we played it a lot and did all that. And then mm -hmm. um, because of a certain feline in my house, I can no longer play mouse and keyboard games. Um, as she is currently laying on my desk. Uh, yeah, right too. now. Damn. Uh, <laughs> so, um, time for a new desk, Mark. No, I need to. I I think even if I got a new desk, I think she would still lay in this position she lays in. I just got to figure out a way to get her to lay somewhere else. But you have anyway. to get her a little mini computer, and then yeah, she'll like, move. Like that little chinchilla. Yeah, um, that video is great. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had a ton of fun with that game, and main reason it's not a one in my top five, and is because you know I I did fall off of it just just for reasons mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with the game, um, but. Yeah, the fun part was while you were streaming, um, playing Neon White and then letting you know in your stream chat um, that I was yeah. beating your times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a good, good few weeks there. Um, that game, I wish I could get to the end, um, but maybe, maybe at some point I'll, I'll try it and just have to keep throwing her off the desk uh, in the <laughs> middle of it and not worry about times, you know? Right. Yes. If you just can get past the time part of it, then you should be able to get through it. For yeah, sure. Yeah. That, that, that one time that I I literally don't think I can beat of yours. I think it's like the first thing. I think you have almost the perfect route. I um, yeah, it 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 got so I mean, it's insane the way that a fraction of a second matters. And yeah. then this game really made me realize that cuz like I said I'd never done, you know, speed running before. Yeah. But that's what this game is in essence. And then like obviously the the art the art design in this game is really really pretty, um, and the music is really good, and it makes you like the music is really fast, which is obviously the point. Um, but it's not grating, which I really appreciated. It, it's it's very like uh, modern sounding, but very like lo-fi modern if that's possible. Um, but and then there's a little bit of story aspect to it, you know. Um, if you wanted to get into the actual story of it, or if you're just here to destroy your friend's times, I feel like I would recommend trying it to pretty much anybody, honestly. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and you'll know very quickly if mashing the, was it R to retry? I forget. Mashing and the button mid, mid run because you know you fucked up and there's no way back. <laughs> like, and you yeah. just restart, restart, restart. Yeah. If that's yeah. not for you, then you'll know very quickly, but it was yeah. fun. It, yeah, especially with that game. Yeah. Now, Jen, do you did you have five or just four, or did you say four by mistake? I that was my fifth one. Okay. Yeah, because you had said number four. And... Oh, did I? My bad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to rework the round robin. <laughs> We're um, going five or four, five, three, two, one. Yeah. Just throw yeah, everybody off. Hey, uh, me and Jonathan, <laughs> I guess we're gonna go twice. Um. So my number five. Um. Uh game of this year um it, it's a little different um than than the two games um you guys have chosen um it took me a while to pick between um this game and a game like neon white and a game like cult of the lamb um for this fifth spot but um i really enjoyed my time with um immortality um this year uh, the game from sam barlow um you know, who is polarizing um, in terms of, of, of whether people enjoy his games or not um, in some aspects. I mean, this one was very well received, but um, I just like the idea of it being um, like found footage of like movies 
mm-hmm. and not just like how her story and telling lies is like found footage of supposedly real people. You know, this is like you're sort of following the storyline of what's going on um, within uh, things from movies and interviews from movies and behind the scenes stuff um, in there and trying to piece together what happened. And then um, without spoiling too much, because this isn't a spoiler cast, um, there is another layer to the game, um, which once you break it down and get all the clips as as I got my... uh, was a thousand gamer score or whatever the platinum trophy equivalent on Xbox is um, uh, for this game. Um, the uh, once you break it down and it's really, really interesting and um, a good game for discussion. Um, there's, there's a couple of really key moments in that game. And, um, and uh, especially one of the, I guess, technically last scenes of the game Um like not the actual end end where you see credits, but I think the last uh, scene um, that you break down is, is really good and emotional and stuff. And just the story they tell in there and just the twists and turns and stuff. It's, it's really well done. Captured my attention for like two days. Um, I went into my, you know, gaming marathon spaces and literally played it almost to completion in one sitting. Um, and I finally went to bed at like two in the morning. Um, to like, keep my eyes open anymore, um, that sort of thing. And then came back and it had only like an hour, kind of pissed at myself a little yeah. bit. Um, but it allowed me to go through and find all the clips and, and it made it, I, the game to me got better as I kept, as I revealed all the clips from the movie, um, and stuff, um, and all the other stuff that's, that goes along with it. You know, you know, they have like a fake Johnny Carson in it. Um, which isn't a spoiler because it's literally the first clip you see um, in the game. Um, um, it's kind of just interesting. How it's a little bit of a commentary on movies at the time because um, one movie takes place in the '60s, one takes place in the '70s, and uh, one takes place in the late '90s. Um, and they do a really good job. I want to show Dan and Ant this. Um, probably more Ant than anyone, just because he's um, dealt in actually, you know, filming and on different kinds of cameras and stuff. Um, that they they shot each of them like period, um, almost period specific in terms of the grain and, and all that stuff on it. And the the older movies are in four by three, um, which gives you the real whiplash when you do get the later uh, movie um, uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to dance around, you know, too much in terms yeah. of spoilers. <laughs> if anybody hasn't played it, um, all the stuff that I'm saying was in reviews and things, so it's out there. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think he purposely, they filmed everything and then he ran it through computers and stuff to make it look like the old footage. Um, yeah, that's cool. Like, took like a long, like the long way to do it instead of just cheating it with like mm-hmm. some kind of after effects or something. Um, right. he literally downgraded the film that they shot on. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was interesting. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I think I think it's still on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. Um, um, to pick it up and try it. Um, be warned of two things. Um, there is nudity, um, mostly uh, mostly boobies. Um, uh, there there is um, there are a couple ass shots, um, but there's no f- like real full frontal. Like there's some like soft core sex in it. Um, but you know it's mostly from the side and all, um, so uh, be aware of that. Um, which is why I never streamed the game. 
as much as Twitch and the 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 game studios like, yeah, you can stream it, just don't linger on the boobs, mm. you know, on there. Like, have yeah. it out. Uh, is this yes. why? You, is this why you couldn't get Ant to play it because there's no dong? Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> dong in it. I immediately told him that there's a male character that's nude, but it's just his butt, and he's like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that that tracks with what I've heard of TC Tam. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, I would like I said I would recommend it, um, and um, this is the first time um, I would strongly suggest this. Play this game with a controller, even if you play it on PC, um, just because there is an aspect to the game that requires the vibration of a controller. Um, there are other cues, but they are less um, obvious than the controller, um, because what you're doing is scrubbing through footage, rewinding, and fast forwarding. Um, so, you know, knowing important things to know, um, the controller helps a lot, a lot with that. Um, that's the only advice I'll give you on that game. Um, yeah. So, um, we'll start number four with Tom. Um, what, what was your number four game? I, (laughs) if we're, if we're counting four, then it's gotta be Halo Infinite. Uh, I know a lot of people had a lot of problems with Halo Infinite, but I really enjoyed the open world aspect of it. And I didn't, I mean, we played uh, multiplayer together on stream, but I didn't really delve into the multiplayer when I wasn't, when I wasn't playing with other people. So I never really got into it as much as I normally would with a game like that. But I, these days I stick with multiplayer, I mean, single player for the most part. And I got plenty out of that game. I got, there's, it was really cool to be in a Halo universe where, there was a lot of exploration and stuff. There was exploration in older older ones, but this one, I think, hit the nail on the head uh, when it came to exploration and, and finding secrets and all kinds of stuff with an open-world-style Halo. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a lot enjoyed, of fun with it, too. You enjoyed being um, uh, Master Chief the soccer mom? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pick up all the kids? Yes. Yes, picking up the kids on every time we were at, at a base. And I did that. I Every time I, I went to go on a mission, I grabbed a tank, and I let all the people get on it, and then I went. <laughs> is that the is that the, the van, the minivan version of Halo Infinite? The tank. <laughs> yeah. But you also could get a Warthog that had, like, six seats, uh, too. okay. Your tactical gotcha. minivan. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Jonathan, number four. All right, I'm putting another clip in the chat. I've only got a couple of these. Um, Okay, so with this clip, only thing you need to know is each clang is me parrying an attack. And so uh, my game number four is Thymesia. The clip that I sent you is um, me fighting the first, like, major boss. And um, the you can see in here, like, it is very important when I am doing sword attacks versus when I'm doing claw attacks. And like the balance of the combat and stuff. Um, And then you can hear all of those clangs and they come in between doing attacks because it's to beat these bosses and these enemies. You really have to learn the timing of their attacks. Nothing you do interrupts them. And so you have to get your attacks in, in between what they're doing. Um, This game is very, very heavily inspired by Sekiro. Um, I could see that. So the, um, the combat just has such a fantastic rhythm once you get the hang of it. Um, it's a good example of the action games are actually just rhythm games theory. Yeah. Um, I 
was playing this game on and off. Um, so like I would I would play it for a bit and then like a cup uh, come back to it a couple days later, and I would start like walking down the hallway and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a guy um, with a uh, halberd. So like I do like um, a couple sword attacks and then I reflexively hit the left bumper when I see them start to swing, start to swing, and then I hear that loud clang and I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't think about that, the fact that I um, needed to parry that attack. I just did it, like, instinctually, because yeah. I fought these halberd guys so much. Um, and that feels so good when you just, like, it's, I mean, it's like the um, Neo, I know, Kung Fu scene, yeah. where he's, um, he's blocking all of the punches and stuff, and he's just staring at his hands like, wait, <laughs> what's going on right <laughs> now? Um, it... Uh, this game got like was relatively popular, but it nowhere near as popular as like the um, Dark Souls games and stuff like that because it doesn't have nearly as much exploration. But just the combat in it feels so nice, which is uh, the thing that is most important to me with games like this. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see how anybody into Sekiro Dark Souls um, would at least give this a shot. Um, and. Yeah. And and kind of see where, where they where they lie with it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty interesting. Um, I'm just, and it's also giving me that uh, uh, the end of the clip is giving me that uh, that slight you know edging feeling because I want to see the final animation uh, every <laughs> every time it cuts back to the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'm like ah, ah, this time it'll show it. I swear. Um, yeah, it's it it that combat looks really fun um, to play, and it's something I would uh, just like with all the uh, Souls games I would play for a while and have a lot of fun with. I probably wouldn't do as good at this because I am not great at parrying. Um, that was probably like my thirtieth attempt fighting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 reminds me of of Gascoigne for me <laughs> in Bloodborne. Oh yeah, yep. um, yeah, just that's where I learned that game. It was just fighting him at least 30, 40 times. Um, yeah, so um, so far, no repeats, which is nice. Um, we may have one later. Um, but Jen, uh, what is your number four this time? <laughs> yes, my real number four is a game that I fairly recently started playing, and that's Evil Dead the Game. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I... Pretty much as soon as I started playing it, I knew it was going to make it to my, I was pretty sure it was going to make it on my top five. Um, and then that came, became pretty quickly cemented um, for sure. I I don't think I really have any complaints about it that the game has anything to do with, aside from the fact that they don't allow you to play as an AI demon, or no, they don't allow you to play as the demon against AI survivors. That's like my only complaint about the game. Um, other than that, they give you so many different options to fit your play style, which I feel like is really nice of them. You can play full PvP um, where you're, you know, going up against a real person playing demon and you're on a team of three other survivors uh, who are real people and you're all playing against each other. You can be on a team of all AI survivors aside from you and you're going up against a AI demon as well. You could be uh, on a team of real people as survivors going up against an AI demon. There's there's so many different combinations you could do. Just practicing, you can do all kinds of stuff, uh, which I really liked. 
Um, it's also one of those games where you can have open comms if you want to, or you can shut them off, and it's not necessarily imperative to play the game. I'm not a big open comms person, especially when I'm streaming a game, because we all know crazy shit comes through the speakers yeah. sometimes with total strangers. Who, yeah, when you're you know, not playing with friends. Yeah. Right, exactly. So um, I always appreciate not having to rely on open comms to do well in a game like that. Um, and of course, it's got that asymmetrical vibe to it. But there's something about this game where now I've played as survivors and as the demons. And even as the demon feeling outnumbered, in a sense, um, you are doing so much the entire time to torture the survivors that even if you lose, it's not like a bad feeling. When I play Dead by Daylight and I get stomped, it really sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy to walk away from sometimes. But in this game, I never played, and I haven't played it, you know, a ton. But in this game, I, I've never had a game where I've walked away losing as the demon and been like, man, this sucks. This is so unbalanced. That wasn't fun. You know, it was just like, oh, that was a lot of fun. Like, I scared the shit out of them like seven times. That was great. Um, and as Survivor, it's it's equally as fun because, you know, you're you're destroying demons. You're it bring blood everywhere. It's hilarious. The commentary of the characters. And um, it's really fun to play with your friends and be able to communicate. They have a custom game mode, which I've had a lot of fun with. Um, it's kind of hard when you don't have a full team of survivors going up against the demon in that case, because once you get to the final wave of, of how to play the match, it's very difficult because as the demon, you could save up all of your, uh, your points and then just unload on the two people who may have been playing against you. So, so it's kind of tough in that aspect, but so, so um, the evil the evil dead version of no ed. Yes, pretty much. You could just <laughs> no one's gonna escape death in the end of that game if it's only two of you that are on the survivor side. Most likely anyway. Is is um, this did you also mention to me um when we were talking about this game that this is the one um and forgive me if you said this earlier mm -hmm. um where you can't be killer versus four AI Yes, that's my only gripe with the game, um, is that they didn't make a mode where there's the AI survivors that you're going up against as the demon. So you can't, you could technically get practice as the demon, but you have to be going up against either live players or you have to be in a custom match. Um, and I think I've loaded in, I can't remember if this was this game where I loaded in by accident and you were just kind of standing there because that's all you could do. Like yeah. there was no game to be playing. I, f I feel like you can technically do that or play the tutorial, which does a decent job of telling you what to do. But there are things that you need to learn for yourself by just playing the game um, that you wouldn't be able to pick up from the tutorial. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that, but that's literally my only complaint. Um, I feel like there's still a decent amount of people playing the game. So if, you know, anyone's listening and you're like, oh, man, I've been really wanting to do that or play that, I would recommend giving it a shot. My only word of caution would be that if you jump right into a fully live game, expect a lot of lobby dodging because you can see everyone's level before the game starts. Um, I think the monster can't see, I don't remember if the monster can see your level or the demon can see your levels and vice versa, but you can see your teammates and people are max level and they just jump if you're a level one. Like they don't wanna deal with you at all, which is not cool. I wouldn't personally do that, but 
that's how people are. So I would recommend starting out against an AI killer or, oh my gosh, I'm getting all my asims messed up in my brain. I would start out against an, uh, an AI demon. That way people are less likely to lobby dodge um, Ace, for whatever A-Sims? reason. Yeah, asims. Okay. Um, I hadn't heard that term before, but that makes oh, sense. I made it. It was me. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so I I really have a lot of fun when I play this game. Um, if if anyone listening is a fan of Evil Dead, the movies or the TV show, you should definitely give it a shot. There's characters in it from the most recent movie, the original movies and the TV show. Um, so it's got a lot of nostalgia in that sense. Uh, there's DLC for super cheap. If you wanted to buy a couple of characters or cosmetics, you can do that. But you don't have to. And it's not play to win or anything or pay to win or anything like that. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. So my number four um, is uh, a game that falls on that list because it did go early access in December um, of last year. Um, um, I, a little $3 game known as Vampire Survivor. Um, nice. Vamp- Vampire Survivor is, um, at least for me, a very well done um, game in terms of a, a new at least for me, a new sort of concept um, where it's like a bullet hell game, except for the bullets and not, you know, avoiding um, bullets in a sense. Um, the best part is that, um, you know, just running it over and over again, because if you do finish a run, they are no more than a half hour. Um, so if you're sitting down for, you can at least get one or two in um, in a normal gaming session. Um, obviously with extenuating circumstances of, of, you know, uh, gamer dads or anything like that, it may only be one game. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, the, uh, play, at least for me was very addictive. Um, I didn't get as far as I've seen some streamers, um, get, uh, just because I would, I had trouble in one of the maps, um, getting all the way to the 30 minute mark to open up the other maps. Um, but I love that they, the things they've added all year, where they've had, um, you know, um, updated, they put new weapons in, updated the maps, updated some um, aspects to it. I think at some point they put in, um, like, uh, what's it called? Um, t- uh, tarot sort of thing into it. Um, there's a shop guy now um, that if you're high enough level shows up um, and it's the only way you can get certain things. Um, the way to progress in levels is that you would literally find, um, you know, uh, uh, people in coffins, um, and you were looking for the vampire at the time. It would like, it, it'd be like super Mario brothers be like, Oh, the vampire is in another casket, um, sort of, uh, uh, reply to it. And, um, I fell off the game a little bit, um, which is why I'm going to hold off on Hades, um, because, um, playing it early access, I, you know, played it a whole bunch for the first three, four months of the year. Um, and then, you know, didn't come back until, you know, 1.0 or, or you know, um, came out in October, I believe, um, to play a little bit more of it. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was a game that I had a lot of fun with, um, was obsessed with for a while. I think the concept was very well done. Um, I know they stole a lot of assets. Um, from other games, if you played really early access, you saw some of the bosses, you or some of the enemies. You're like, that looks like a that looks like a Zelda enemy, um, or that definitely that is definitely a Castlevania weapon um, for most of them. 
Um, you're like, that is just basically they took the sprite out of the video game and <laughs> put it in here. Um, so obviously they had to change a bunch of that stuff um, for for the 1.0 release. Um, but um, yeah, Jen, this is a game if you get your your Steam Deck, um, is a perfect Steam Deck game. Awesome. Uh, to play. You really only need to move the right stick and hit the A button when you level up. There you go. And, yes. and even... Yeah, yep, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to make the joke um, that even as you get later on, you can end up getting something that just auto levels you up. Um, you don't even have to worry about hitting the A button at a certain point. <laughs> um, I was going to say Vampire Survivors has been one of the top 10 games on Steam Deck since the Steam Deck launched. Yeah. Wow. But there's a lot of people who bought a Steam Deck, paid however many hundreds of dollars, and then they were like, I'm going to play this $2 game where I just oh moved the right stick. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like a perfectly valid use for it and stuff. It's just, it's very amusing to see every other game on that top 10 list changes like month to month, except for Vampire Survivors. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. Um, it's one of those games that I like to see how it evolves. Because just, it, I don't think I'm going to get to a lot of the late game stuff um, without sinking a whole lot of time into it. But just watching some of the streamers I know that play it whenever there's a new update. And just seeing the the dumb things they add to it, which are pretty fun, um, and just getting your right build, um, you know, and like I always made sure um, uh, that I got um, either either I got garlic um, or um, what was the other thing? I think it was I think the whip ends up healing you when you get to when you get to max level, like you get healed for every person you kill. Um, so those were two ways to, um, you know, uh, stay alive against the whores near the end. Um, but yeah, the fun part about this game streaming wise, um, is that no matter where your bitrate is, there are times when you're, it's going to be pixels on your stream. Nothing you can do about it. This very low graphic, um, $3 game is going to have so many particles on the screen that it's just going to shit on your bitrate. <laughs> and yeah. You know, no matter how hell and your computer is. Um, and especially they added things where now um, one of the uh, weapons you get is just the um, the sprites of the furniture in the room start falling on everyone. Um, <laughs> and then as you level that up, the furniture gets bigger. Um, so it just, yeah, yeah, it's just, just weird stuff like that is fun. Um, so, yeah, I recommend it. Like I said, two, three bucks, whatever it is, um, it's well worth the money for it. Even if they went to ten, fifteen dollars, it would be worth it. Um, you'll get a lot of hours of play um, out of it, um, and if you really get into it, hundreds of hours of play. So the value is there um, for sure. All right, uh, number three, Tom. All right, my number three is Gran Turismo Seven. Uh, and as we're going through this, I'm realizing my number two shouldn't count, but that's fine. Uh, I'm we'll let it count at this point. <laughs> um, so Gran Turismo Seven is a return to form for Gran Turismo. Uh, it had a lot of problems in the beginning. People didn't like how, how things were working, but the game has progressively gotten better as they've gone through uh, patching and everything. And I've had a great time. I never had any problems with it. Uh, but it's the first Gran Turismo I've played that has like a progress, like a, like a story mode. And I think it added a lot to the game. It kind of gave you somewhere to go as opposed to being this wide open thing where you have a million races and you never know what to do. It kind of 
kind of guides you through the game, which is nice for someone who doesn't have a lot of time and they want to know what to do next to like to to be fun. And uh, I I saw credits for a Gran Turismo game for the first time. I've never seen credits before, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. And the game is beautiful. Uh, like I had said back on one of our, our our podcasts when we were talking about what the launch game should be for the, for the PS5, if this could have been a launch game, granted, we had a lot of other issues, but this really would have shown off the power of the, the PS5. It's, it's gorgeous. It runs at 60 frames per second, 4K. It's just amazing. The, the car physics are incredible in this game. I'm glad that they've finally... Uh, gotten up to date because a lot of people didn't like the way that Gran Turismo Sport and Gran Turismo 7 worked because Gran Turismo Sport was a bit more arcadey. Gran Turismo 7 really got back to the simulation style game and um it just it it, it made it, it it made it worth the wait. It was uh it was a lot it's been a lot of fun for me getting back into Gran Turismo. I never thought that I would get back into it as much as I did on the PS1 and PS2, but Really enjoyed Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not surprised that that game looks real good and it definitely seemed in your wheelhouse. All right. Uh, Jonathan, number three. Number three is Monster Hunter's Rise Sunbreak, the expansion for Monster Hunter Rise. Um, this is my favorite Monster Hunter game so far. The combat feels so good. I think I was on one of these podcasts earlier and I joked. Switch Axe is so easy. All you do is ZR, as like ZR, ZR, um, Y, ZR, uh, ZR plus B, or Y plus B, sorry, and then left trigger plus um, Y, and then that's just your bread and butter combo. <laughs> that's um, Monster Hunter Rise. It sounds, that sounds really complex and stuff, but um, once you, each of those actions is such a distinct thing, that it's really easy to get it into your brain, like what, um, how those actions all flow into each other, and it it feels very smooth. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can just imagine. Um, I'm not really you, you, you say those combos, and it, it makes me just instantly freeze up, <laughs> thinking, um, you know, that's how you know um, doing that. I I have the tendency to become a masher which is part of my problem with, with a lot of the, the Souls games. Um, yep, doesn't work there. You know, no, I got, sometimes I'm like, I was only, it's only three attacks. Don't, don't get greedy <laughs> and keep, keep smashing the button. Um, but yeah, I feel that, as you said, the, the way Monster Hunter works is once you get all that stuff down, um, it just becomes, you know, a, a really fun uh, combat system in there but um yeah yeah the, i was not surprised to see monster hunter show up on your list jonathan all right uh number three jen so my number three is a game that i didn't think i was going to like as much as i did like i fell down a rabbit hole with this game really hard uh and so much so that i played two separate games at the same time and that's tiny tina's wonderlands oh, nice. um yes we had i believed we were all interested in it generally, so we were going to play it on Game Vault together. And then I started playing it just to get used to the controls and, and the game itself. And I went from the starting area to like shooting far ahead of where we were even going to be in our first stream. 
And then I was like, oh crap, like I better slow down and put some time into my other character with Game Vault. And uh, yeah, I was literally playing through that game uh, with two games at the same time. That's how much I liked it. Um, and it made me realize, and a lot of people have said it, you guys included, that I probably should have been playing Borderlands like a long time ago. Um, yes. Because the humor I found amazing. And I know it's not everyone's type of humor. And so I've heard, uh, but I apparently have been really missing out on Borderlands. <laughs> so I should probably get on that. But um, uh, I suggest whenever, you know, I get to get back to streaming that we we do that. Yeah, that'd group. be great. Yeah, I think Borderlands 2 is where to start. To yeah. Okay. Uh, Borderlands 2 is generally the most popular. Yeah. 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 yeah this, um, this game, I mean, if it's anything like Borderlands, um, the, the colors are great. The art style is great. Like I said, the humor and the banter is just really funny. Um, obviously, I love D&D, so that was pretty much the premise. It was like their own tabletop game. Um it was it was just really fun. My only issue with it was this is the first game I had ever played where I got motion sickness like immediately. And I remember messaging you guys and I'm like, is this happening to you too? And you're like, no, but I could see how because there's just you have to go into the settings and set everything down because they try to make it so immersive, like you're running and your head's bobbing kind of thing. And yeah. it was something with the first person view. It was just making me so nauseous. And it freaked me out. I'm like, I really want to play this game. Like, I have to get used to this. And I did um, after putting the settings down and like looking into other people who had had the same issue, what they did. Um, but that wasn't my only issue with it. Other than that, I, I found it to be a lot of fun. I'm not a huge lover of side quests. But in this game, I didn't care if it was a lesser quest, if it was the main story. You could pick up pieces of like a couple main storylines that you can go towards. It was fun. It was really fun playing with you guys. It was fun playing by myself. Um, inventory management was really annoying, but that was, you know, it's a little gripe. Um, yeah. It was just really good. It was a it was a solid, fun game that I really enjoyed playing a lot. Yeah, I was hoping that um, somebody was going to mention this. It barely got edged out of my list, um, but I also had a lot of fun with it. And this is the most I have enjoyed a Borderlands game. Yeah, good. It was good. Yeah, so nice uh, transition to my number three. Um, my top three here was really tight um, for me, which PlayStation also informed me um, a reason behind that. Uh, but the, um, yeah, my number three game, speaking of Ashley Birch, is um, Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Nice. Um, this game... Um, I liked the first one um, a lot, and at the time when it ended, I think I even said it to you, Jen, um, I think when we did our spoiler cast, was I was absolutely fine um, with there not being a second one. Um, the way the story ends, it solves the mystery for the most part, um, you know, and you get a couple scenes, you know, at the end, if you go look for them, um, that sort of settle it. Um, and I really enjoyed that game, but, uh, this was a game that was also, um, in the, to a lesser extent, what happened with God of War 2018. Um, I played it for a little bit and then bounced off, um, for another game we'll talk about later. But, um, then when I picked it back up, I beat it. Um, it was the only game I was playing. It wasn't so much of a marathon session, um, as, as some games later in the year became, 
But I was like, that's the one game I was playing if I wasn't playing a game for Game Ball, you know? Um, you know, and this was like during the summer, um, you know, time when, uh, you know, we had some vacations with, you know, Memorial Day, Labor Day, July 4th, where I could get some long hours in. And I played a lot of hours of this game. I wish I could look it up. Um, oh, yeah. No, the uh, it was, I get the exact number. It gave, I wish I could look that up very easily. But I believe it's 45 hours. Um, this was the least of the three games in my top three, and they were all within a couple hours of each other um, that I played. Uh, story's really good, um, and it takes a while to get going. Um, and once it gets going, I was there till the end. Um, there are some, there are some dumb parts where they could have done without, or maybe explained a little more, or something. But the core aspect of the game and Aloy's journey um, is really, really well done. Um, and uh, the the layout of the new areas um, brings a lot more to the table than I thought could do and the way they made the first game look like there are different terrains that I didn't even think they could tackle really well that they did really well. That's um, really cool. Yeah, you're, you'll really like it when it finally comes to PC, Jen. Oh my gosh, I'm so uh, excited. <laughs> yeah, and then we can do a spoiler cast um, oh, yeah. on it. Um, way too late, but yep. enough that I get to scream at somebody about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Horizon uh, Zero Dawn um, was my uh, uh, number number two game for a while um or well technically we'll get to it why it wouldn't have been number two um but um yeah so it finishes here in uh the number three slot uh for me this year so let's get into our top twos tom what do you got so number two shouldn't really count but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it anyway uh my number two is crisis core reunion yeah, yeah uh, we'll let you have it the only reason the only reason it's number two is because I haven't gotten to play as much as I'd like to. I'm only in like chapter three out of I forget how many, but yeah, yeah uh, this is like the uh, rookie of the year candidate that gets nominated two years in a row because he, yeah, <laughs> exactly he, he he played didn't play enough games and but still qualified. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm going with for this year because I've only played so many games, so I got I gotta I gotta throw one of these late late year ones in. And man, it makes me sad that I didn't have a PSP and play this game when it came out. Uh, a, a long time ago, I had gone back and watched a lot of the cutscenes for this game, and it cut it. It was fine watching them, but at the same time, I wished I had gotten to play, uh, play play the game to to get to them. And I really like the play style. So coming uh -huh. from because we were just playing Kingdom Hearts. Going to this is very similar, but at the same time, it's very different. Uh, the the button mappings are different, so you, you do different things to 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 block and hit and everything else. But I I like that they right off the bat they do the thing where you have a powered up character, and they're like, oh, well, this was just a simulation. You got to give back all your stuff, and then you go it's just so they give you a clue of how to play the game and how it feels to be powerful in the game. And then it shows you how it feels to not be powerful immediately. Uh, so it makes you appreciate the growth over the, over the course of the game. And, you know, I just love, I love the final fantasy seven universe. If you have, if you've been listening to this podcast for any of, um, length of time, you should already know that. And 
uh, it just gives me another reason to go back there. I love it. Yeah. And I'm really surprised at how good the remastering is. I thought it was going to be really crappy, but they did a pretty good job considering it was a PSP game. Yeah, and we'll probably talk more about this um, next episode um, as I play through it a little bit longer and you get to play it a little bit more. Um, but definitely worthy of, as we said, we'll give you the excuse, um, you know, this year. And, and you can also um, bring it back up next year um, if it still is in your top three or five or whatever you get to. Um, Feeling it will be. Yeah. So, um, Jonathan, number two. I, oh, I wanted to say about Crisis oh, Core really quick. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this before the podcast. Um, I didn't include Crisis Core in my list because I already had five games that I want to talk about and stuff. Um, but uh, I have been like playing Crisis Core on a voice call with a friend who's also playing it, who has no, who did not play the original, and I was surprised at like how frequently he's just he just bursts out laughing because I'd forgotten how funny of a game it is. Like the writing is really really is really good and um, just has excellent character beats and jokes and stuff and like that. Um, I think the only thing I want to say is um, that my favorite part of the game when I played it originally on PSP like two years ago is um, the Costa del Sol side quests. And I want to talk to you guys about those when um, when you get to them. Yeah. yeah. Probably I, I, can't, I can't wait for those either. I, I remember distinctly that those being pretty fun. Yeah, um, I'll I'll let you know um, as I uh, go through every single mission, um, side mission thing before continuing with the story mission. You get to a point where, oh, that character hit me in one shot. I don't think I'm ready yet for this. Um, Yeah, I already have three of the summons. um, So that that shows you how much I'm pushing through those side missions. But, um, or no, four of them. I have four of them. but yeah, yeah, I'll talk a lot more about it next week because um, I'm probably going to maybe play a little bit more when we get off here. Um, but yeah, um, Jen, uh, or I'm sorry, Jonathan, number two, you didn't. Right. You didn't go. Yeah, I forgot. Um, I put another clip in the chat. This is uh, my number two game is Elden Ring. This is a clip of me, one of my recent characters. I am playing a naked man with a katana and I am just styling on this like mid game boss. As you do. Um, it just, I don't think he actually hits me at any point in this fight, in this 30 second clip. Um, and it's like almost the entire fight. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um, right. So explaining why this is on my list. Uh, it, Elden Ring improves on the Dark Souls games in basically every way. Um, the Dark Souls games are, the reason they're so popular is because there are so many aspects to it that, um, uh, attract different people for different reasons. There's some people who love the games for all of the like um, exploration and like searching every nook and cranny and whatever. There's other people who like it for like the difficulty, like Mark was saying, I think like Mark was saying earlier, um, when you don't, the fact that you don't have a difficulty option means that it forces you to play on hard mode, essentially, um, which can be a, um, a new and novel experience for people who are used to just turning down the difficulty when you run into, run into problems. Um, in this, in these games, like it forces you to learn how it works. Additionally, the combat is also like very slow and deliberate and punishes you for button mashing, which is unusual for most action games and whatever. Um, this is just better at all of that. (laughs) 
Um, the only way that it's not better is that this is that speed runs for it have like an annoying amount of setup because there's a lot of riding on your horse to go get a certain item that you need for um, the build that you want. Yeah, yeah. That I, I watched um, a couple people. Um, I think one guy I watched that 100% it, um, and it's like such a weird like you know he does some. It's like not non glitchless because there's a couple glitches he uses, but you know it's it's a lot of horse. And it's a lot more fun to watch somebody play through the game naturally than yeah. actually speed run it. Um, so um, we will slightly we'll, we'll skip over Jen for this because my number two game is Elden Ring as well. Um, so uh, the um, main reason, and me and Jonathan continue talking about this. Um, the main reason is number two is because I have maybe it's it's a self imposed dumb rule that um, if I'm going to put a game number one, I have to complete it and see credits. Um, and I did not do that with this game yet. Um, but this was my most played game of 2022, clocking in at 48 hours um, on there, which is probably novel to people that have played through it. Um, but it was uh, about it was it feels less than I than I thought I played. But this was um, I have played every outside of Sekiro. Um, you know, I played the Three Dark Souls. Um, uh, Bloodborne and Elder Ring. This was probably my favorite um, in terms of it takes all the good things from um, those uh, games and um, it gives a lot of improvement. Like I, I liked um, from a player that's not as skilled as say Jonathan is um, at this. Um, having the ashes, um, you know, helped out a lot um, on my end for certain bosses. Um, I use the friendly uh, summons a lot more um, than people, which get me into trouble in the mid game because um, then I got to grind a bit um, because I've been relying on on you know uh, bringing in people um, to help me out. Uh, but this game is is gorgeous um, in in just in the original art design for it, um, which always made me laugh that it. People are complaining it won best art direction, and all they would show is like Horizon and God of War, and and not understand that um, art direction isn't the same as fidelity um, in graphics, um, because those games are like supposed to be like real world uh, type setups, um, and this is a fully realized um, like uh, fantasy world um, that they have there, and each scene um, to the next. Um, just each time you went to a different location um, and you uh, were able to uh, see completely different environments um, or biomes, I guess, as they're called now. Um, and it, each one was like you'd walk out and you'd have that experience with like a oh, wow um, <laughs> each time um, for when you see it for the first time and go, oh. And then you see your first enemy, and you're like, oh, okay, um, well, this is something new I have to learn to deal with. Um, and then you start having enemies you hate, um, like mine are those centipede um, wizard things, um, you know, that do that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, was, I was mining um, ore or whatever it is, the crystal thing in that one cavern. Yep. Um, a crystal tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that one son of a bitch for a while would get me until I figured out how to exploit it. Um, and yeah, it's just that the, the game's ridiculous. Um, 
I'll probably in slow points go back and play it. Um, that's kind of what I did with Dark Souls 2, um, uh, where I got almost to the end of that because I played it over the pattern of years. Um, that one also allowed me to do um, the build I like to do, which is, you know, one hand melee, other hand staff or wand to cast magic. Um, and, and Dark Souls 2 um, felt more forgiving for that. And this was the closest I felt since um, uh, with this. But yeah, yeah, this game's amazing. It deserves Game of the Year um, for sure. It was, it's, it's probably close to a Game of the Generation, um, which is sad for Horizon um, because, you know, it got this after being released a week before Breath of the Wild. Um, two games that changed the way um, certain genres are played. But um, I don't know if you have anything else on it, Jonathan? No, I just want to point out that, again, both of us listed this as number two as we go into what we each picked as number one. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The, um, the, main, the main reason I did it, as, as I said, was, um, you know, because I have the stupid rule where I need to see credits and beat a game um, to uh, rank it number one. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah. So we each have a game that we like better, um, um, or at least was close enough. Like I said, the top three was really close um, for me. So, Jen. Yes. Number two. My number two is um, also, actually, I'm noticing a pattern with some of these. Also a game that I didn't think I was going to love as much as I did, and that's Monster Hunter Rise. Nice. Um, Yeah, I knew you'd like that. So I played Monster Hunter World for maybe 10 hours before Rise came out. I was very late to that party, but I really liked World um, for many reasons. So I was very excited for Rise. And I started playing Rise with a controller because of two reasons. One, because everyone pretty much told me that the controller was better um, in terms of ease of playing. Um, And also because I wasn't playing mouse and keyboard yet, really. but I just had a really hard time with controller and I wasn't really enjoying it. And I wasn't really doing a great job. I couldn't remember the different buttons and the combos like Jonathan was rattling off before. I couldn't remember what they were and I just wasn't doing great. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just switch to mouse and keyboard because I'm trying to get better at it anyway. And I don't know what happened, but something clicked playing with mouse and keyboard, but I became obsessed. It was not simple because it's not a simple, super simple game, but it became a lot easier for me to fight the different monsters. And I absolutely loved it. I have about 80 hours played in Monster Hunter Rise, which compared to my other, you know, games that I play regularly, it's maybe not that much, but um, there was a short amount of time where I did not stop playing this game. Um, I streamed it during my 24 hour stream at the beginning of the year. Um, Jonathan played with me a bunch and, and gave me a lot of really helpful pointers and, and, uh, helped me with builds and stuff, which is really important. Um, I play with other friends, which I really liked. So I, I had a lot of fun in this game. The monsters are incredible. The battling is really fun. Um, the music and the graphics, everything is just so pretty. Um, I think I beat the game. I, I beat the, the main storyline. Um, I forget what CR level I wound up at when I like kind of stopped playing. Uh, but it's definitely a game that every once in a while I see one of um, one of the streamers that I follow. She'll play it. I'm like, man, I really I really want to get back into that because it's it's so much fun. And then I, I don't don't for whatever reason, because I just play ghost games. But um, I, I 
definitely had to put this as my number two because this game, this game was a lot of fun and pleasantly surprised me. I did not think I was going to be as into it as I was. So I know you probably have thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise as well, Jonathan. Nope. I agree okay. with everything you said, and I already talked about it myself. That's true. That's true. So then that's it for me. Okay. Who's starting with their number one? I want to go after Mark. Okay. So then I guess that would be Tom starts, I think, next. We'll go. Because mine's going to be different than everyone else's, and I'm all right with that. My number one is TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Nice. Uh, what? It's the only game I beat this year, uh, but it deserved it. It was, it, it just, it, it hit that nostalgia button that old beat em ups just, just do. And it's, I've, it's been a while since I've played a game that did, did beat em ups this well. I, uh, Streets of Rage 4 is another one that comes to mind, uh, in, in this category. But Shredder's Revenge, I feel like it did the humor right. It did the art right. It did the music right. It just and and it also did something for us dads that can't play as much as we'd like all the time. It's an arcade game that you can save. That is a big deal. Yeah, uh, it re- it really helped me get through the game, uh, Jonathan. I don't know if you experienced the same thing when you played it. I know I don't know if you had the same love for it that I did. I did not enjoy the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. I, played it with Mark on stream. And then as Mark was ending the stream, I said, I already deleted it from my hard drive. (laughs) So, Um, however, earlier, wasn't that earlier this year that you and I beat like turtles in time on an arcade cabinet? Yes. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. I did really enjoy that. So I completely, I completely understand the appeal and stuff like that. It's just some of the like way that the combat works and whatever didn't work for me. But. Yeah, I think I think it didn't help too that you guys were playing co-op online and for some reason it wasn't working very well. Yeah, there was a point where he was fighting a boss that I couldn't see. Yeah. So there may be some some issues there too. Uh but playing single player, which is not the way you're supposed to play this game, worked really well for me. I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was able to get a handle on the combat because it wasn't so crazy having, you know, three other people on the screen at the same time as me trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, who I'm attacking, how many times I press the button, uh, you know. Yeah, or, or in this game, five other people. Yeah, which would be awesome. I would love to try that at some point. But Yeah, it's, it's, I've heard people say the six-player just makes the game, like, very easy. I can it imagine. Doesn't, it doesn't balance well for six. Yeah, I'm sure it's not balanced well when you have all those people on playing at the same time because I, it can only load up so many enemies at once so uh but yeah i really i really enjoyed the game uh, i highly recommend it to anybody who enjoys beat-em-ups or old arcade games and I, I feel like if you have someone at home with you to play couch co-op that may be different than playing online co-op because you don't have to worry about you know internet and lag and all that good stuff but um there. There's also a good chance that they've fixed those internet co-op issues since then. Yeah. Yes, there's a good chance because that was probably so. that was when the game first came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. I would I would imagine they were fixed because yeah, you couldn't have got through through the year with with the one glitch me and Jonathan ran into with bosses <laughs> not appearing on the screen. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun moment. If 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 we still had that in the archives with the you know he's he's hitting it, and I'm like, what do you do? He's like he's like get that boss, and I'm like, well, who? He's not here. I don't. And all I could see was his projectiles coming out um, and killing me. 
but I couldn't hit him. Um, but yeah, yeah, this game was fun. Um, I had I had a good amount of fun with it. Um, I feel if I had played through it uh, like with somebody, because um, I had no interest in going through it myself for some odd reason, um, you know, maybe maybe would have been higher on my list. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Something else that pulled me through the game was collectibles. I'm a yes. sucker for collectibles, especially in a game like that where you're. It's not difficult to find them. You just you just have to play, and the levels aren't that long, which is also nice. Yeah. So you can go back through a level within you know five to ten minutes and grab whatever collectible you missed, and then go back to what you were doing. So I enjoyed that too. Yeah. So and Jonathan, you said you wanted to go after me, correct? Correct. Because I want to give my God of War speech before I talk about my goatee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, John. Um. Uh, Jen, what's your game of the year? So, um, another non-surprise to you guys, I'm sure, but my game of the year is Video Horror Society. Um, it was my number three most streamed game of 2022. So that speaks volumes. It ranked right behind Dead by Daylight. It was Phasmo, Dead by Daylight, and then VHS. Um, I feel like every time someone asks me, why I love the game. I normally can't say enough positive things about it, so I'll do my best. Um, but right off the bat, it has this amazing, amazing nostalgic 80s vibe. Um, and I'm all about that. And I think that's one of the things that immediately sets it apart from other similar type games. It's like its unique flair, whatever you want to say. Um, the graphics in this game are beautiful. They've done a great job with character design and the fun backstories behind the characters is, is lighthearted and, and funny and, and it is just very enjoyable. Um, and the other details that the, the developers have put into the maps are phenomenal. Um, the holiday events have been a lot of fun and there's even more detail that they put into the maps, which is mind blowing. It's yeah. so pretty to look at the maps. Like I just want to walk around and look at every little crevice because there's something everywhere to pay attention to. Even the loading screen, when you're waiting to get into a game, there's all these little things that they put there that you could have played the game like me for 250.5 hours and notice something new. The yeah. last, the last game that you played, you're like, Oh, I never noticed that was there. And then someone's like, yeah, that's been there since the start. It's just, it's very detailed. Um, they also, I mean, are currently offering the game to be played for free, which I think is awesome. Um, and they offset, I'm sure some of the costs by doing, um, by putting out cosmetics that you can choose to buy if you'd like to, but it's none of that annoying play to win a pay to win type of stuff. Um, and that actually brings me to something else that I love. And that's the silly obsession I have with customizing my character. Um, they let you do that very well. And you don't even have to buy the extra cosmetics to have fun with that because each character comes with a few different things that you can kind of rotate and make an outfit out of. So it scratches the itch without making you spend real, real life currency, which is nice. Um, the gameplay itself is really fun and very challenging. And I think, that style of gameplay that it has is another thing that helps it stand out from other asymmetrical games like Dead by Daylight, and that's the most commonly compared game uh, to, to VHS. Um, and, you know, it gives the teen player the ability to fight back against the monster, which is something that I found to be very refreshing coming from Dead by Daylight. <laughs> um, each game that you play has a lot of strategy involved, either as the teen or the monster. 
So as a teen, you're balancing crafting weapons and hitting your skill checks while worrying about where the monster is and stealthing around or knowing when to set up an ambush with your teammates. And communication is tricky because, you know, if you don't want to be on open comms for whatever reason, they do give you a pinging tool. So you could ping yourself or you could ping something in the distance. Um, so just getting used to that kind of stuff is really helpful. Then as the monster, the gameplay is kind of hectic. So you kind of have to learn to be more patient patient, and like take a step back and maybe run away from the teens that are attacking you. And even though it feels weird to do that at first um, and come up with strategies like, you know, hiding out in a stairwell when you know like you're blocked and you're not going to be able to get hit by a weapon. So stuff like that. It's just a new way of thinking about how to play an asymmetrical game that I wasn't used to, but I really enjoy. Um, and like as a new game, it's had its share of growing pains with queue times and some balance issues, but overall, the developers have worked really hard to add improvements over the course of the year. Um, and it is still an early access game on Steam. So taking that into consideration, you know, the team has been really responsive and they review everyone's feedback. They implement changes quickly and they're very transparent with the community overall. They tell you what's going on, if something's delayed, why it's delayed. There is a big security issue during beta and they were very transparent about it. Um, so overall, they just, they really care about the community and they also take a lot of time to select content creators to represent them that are just as wholesome as the community that they've created. So just overall, a really great game, the community that surrounds it's awesome. I hope that it continues to improve even more. I hope it comes out of early access and console players can enjoy it too, because I feel like it's going to blow up if that happens. So I'm looking forward to it. And Again, it's free to play. So if anyone out there has not played it, just try it because you literally are not going to lose money unless you buy cosmetics and then decide that you hate it. But I don't think that'll happen. True. I can't believe you got through that whole thing without saying sock gang. Sock gang, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She was My being bad. respectful. I was, I was being <laughs> respectful. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what that means, come watch my stream. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> All right, so my number one, which isn't hasn't been blatantly obvious um, throughout the entire podcast, um, is uh, God of War Ragnarok. Um, I just finished that game a few days ago. Um, the story wraps up nicely. I mean, there it, it wasn't as strong of a wrap up um, as as God of War twenty eighteen was because um, the last couple fights um, weren't as weren't as good as I wanted them to be. Um, but um, the one cool thing about this game, and and part of me knows maybe I'm looking too deep into it, is uh, some of the some of the interactions with characters. Um, they they use the character to like do an anal like a um uh, what's it called um like sort of a, an analogy for uh, something else. Um, like there's one character you meet um, at one point, which uh, their relationship and uh, what they've gone through um is like an allegory for like someone that's like a drug addict like um you know sort of 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 that stuff and they hit really well with it. and um and they do a really good job of um you know uh, uh you know the what's happening when a teenager grows up in, in like a parent teen relationship and um most people don't have that with the end of the time um this, you know, this whole, um, and I, I'm not going to say this as a joke to tie back to my love of a certain movie series, but 
in multiple aspects, this um, a lot of story comes back to family um, in here, like different family dynamics, um, not just a love of family, but um, you know, you have you have brothers, you have you know um, fathers, daughters, fathers, sons, you know, um, uh, throughout it, and just different familiar relationships and things you would do and wouldn't do for them. Um, I think a lot of those themes come through really well. Uh, it has one of the best twists um, that I've seen in a while. Um, uh, the gameplay is the same, you know, as the other one. There's a lot of improvements. They give you um, some new things. Um, they they don't do the stupid thing of where they um, take away something you had in the first game um, because it would make no sense if they did that for this game. Um, but yeah, and I hope to talk about this a lot more um, in depth um, at some point. Uh, but yeah, this game uh, really grabbed a hold of me, um, you know, from the beginning. And I played through some sessions where I played until I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. Um, and it was it was nice. Um, a lot of good acting in this. Um, they do a really good job of uh, bringing out the um, the characters so much and make them feel three dimensional in here. And I think that's one of the really good jobs uh, that, that that Sony Santa Monica has done with these two games. Um, so I really liked it. Um, I'm still trying to platinum it. Um, I got to go get those. Uh, um, the, this is no spoiler for Tom, but uh, I have to go kill those damn ravens um, that you have to find around there to be able to get my platinum trophy. So, yep, that's my that's my little spiel on this because um, I would love to scream and holler about a ton of things um, that occurred in this game, but you know, trying to be respectful for our listeners um, out there. And I, as they say, I cede my time to Jonathan. All right. The section of my notes labeled when Mark brings up God of War. Okay. So I have thrown a lot of shade at um, Sony and specifically God of War on stream and on this podcast and in person. And so I just wanted to take it like a second to elaborate on like why I have such a strong reaction to this game. So PlayStation Studios is going, all of their games are going for a very specific thing. And this is like theme park um, game design. And they're very good at that. And um, I don't personally like that thing, but it it doesn't affect me. Other people enjoy this um, thing that uh, this thing, and I don't. It doesn't matter. It's fine. What does affect me is um, that mainstream games culture slash the game awards consider these as like the only valid or important narratives. At the at the game awards, um, for the best narrative category, almost all of the games were AAA open world action RPGs. There were no visual novels. There was no mention of Pentiment, Citizen Sleeper, Norco, Signalis, Caligula Effect 2. So many games came out this year that have like really good narratives or tell narratives in different forms and stuff like that. None of that's mentioned. It's only AAA open world action RPGs. And that when you ha- when prominent voices in um, the culture give such a narrow view of um, what art is considered valid, then that shapes culture and discourse, which shapes people as well as like what ultimately gets made. When, um, when they say that the only valid art is what's conventional, um, a conventional design according to a specific formula and made by a massive corporation, it trains future generations that that is true, which creates a society which only values that form of art. 
I completely understand why Mark likes this game. I'm not pushing back on like anything that he just said. I am very happy that he enjoyed it, but just I just wanted to clarify that like the reason that I have such a strong reaction to this design to this like specifically the God of War series is just because it's um like the most prominent example of this much bigger thing. Yeah. And Yeah. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean that. No, that's it. Yeah. So, no, uh, there's not a rebuttal for me because honestly I do agree with just about everything you said. Um, there because I have in the past picked games um, like Oxen Free and Life is Strange, and um, for me personally, I don't, I don't, I never really noticed any of that stuff. Um, but I watching the Game Awards with you, and then you know, hearing you lay it out like that, um, it is true because um, most of the games that I find um, fun with the narrative. Um, you could do very much the God of War story, um, and maybe not a sense with gods and AAA, um, just the, the story aspect they have in there. You could put that, and it maybe has been put, on a smaller game with a lesser scale, and it wouldn't get the notoriety, which is, which is wrong. Um, and, you know, I feel, um, I really wish I would have gotten the chance to play Signalis, um, because I feel that would have been the oxen free of this year for me which is the game i played right before game of the year um and chose it um as number one uh but yeah i i get nervous too that some video game narrative stuff is going to go the way of like mcu stuff for movies um where that that shit makes a ton of money um so that must be what everybody wants to see and then you you know, you start losing uh, the sense of, um, you know, at least in the in in pop culture, um, the idea of these smaller movies. Um, and I feel it's more prominent in games because games are such a time commitment um, that if you find something you absolutely love um, and a way of doing it, and you know that it's going to be thirty to sixty hours each time um, doing it you are going to just continually gravitate to those stories instead of exploring other things. Um, and I really hope um, that, you know, it doesn't go that way, but, you know, I don't, I don't see any signs of it changing, um, especially with, um, you know, a bunch of the games that got announced, um, you know, um, uh, you know, coming, because, you know, you got Marvel Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, you know, all that stuff, which is probably going to follow the same type of open world formula for a narrative. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I connected with God of War a little bit more because I probably went a little deeper than um, even Sony Santa Monica probably thought about it. Um, or if you mentioned it to them, they'll say, oh, yeah, we definitely thought about that. 100%. That, that was where we were going with that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a good thing to have um, that kind of discussion um, here, um, which is why I try to personally, and I hope those of you out there listening, um, try and do the same thing listening to us, is to try and play a wide variety of games um, to understand what's going on. Um, so without further ado, Jonathan, what is your number one? I want you guys to guess. Can you guess what my game of the year is? I already said it's not Elden Ring or Monster Hunter. Is it? Is it Pediment? No. <laughs> I didn't get far in Pentiment. No. Yeah, there's a okay. lot of reading in that game. Can you oh, guess? Yeah. 
what platform it was on because this my game of the year was exclusive was um released on one platform only is, is it metroid dread no oh, okay but it's you switch guess, game, right it is not a switch game oh can you guess what genre it is well with your rant i want to say it's a visual, visual novel, novel. <laughs> <laughs> my game of the year is a short visual novel wow. that was released for the game boy Wow. Oh, yes, I know about that. Okay. Wait, I don't. What do you think it is? I, I don't no know, but I, I know I've heard you talk about it, or I've heard somebody talk about a game come out for um, this year. I, so there's a lot of games on itch that are um, coming out recently for the Game Boy. There's a thing called Game Boy Studio, which is um, like a an IDE that is specifically for making Game Boy games. And so it's easier than it has been. And also, obviously, they don't take as much effort for the like small. Um, small sprites and they're relatively yeah, simple yeah. and stuff like that um so my game of the year is a is called he fucked the girl out of me which Not is the game a, I heard of. a semi-autobiographical um visual novel by a trans sex worker and this is my goatee because since i played this game which is relatively short like an hour less i have thought i keep thinking about this game and so much of it has stuck with me so clearly. This is one of the most unsettling things that I have ever read. And it now colors so many of the things that I see online and like yeah. the spaces that I'm in um, about trans people or the way that other people interact with trans people or um, non-binary people, etc. Et There's just, I am a cishet um, white man. And so there's a lot of things about other gender identities and stuff like that, that I was not aware of that. Like this is <laughs> obviously that is a very different perspective from me. And so um, it's, it was very enlightening and disturbing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a game like that should be, um, but the game awards are way too, not that they would do, but um, when they do that game for change, dumb category that they, you know, um, yeah. you know, this feels like a game that should be, or this type of game should be one of those games. Um, but it rarely is. This uh, is, yeah, this yeah. specific game. I don't really, it, I'm not even necessarily like wanting it to hit, be as popular or whatever. Um, yeah. As you're talking about right now. Yeah. In, I part, was, because yeah. It's, oh, in part because it's so heavy and, a very like personal story and stuff. Yeah. But just um I wanted to call it out because it was because I I do still think it it's like very Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I my whole concept was when the concept of that category, you know. Oh yes, yeah. feels like this is a game that should be in there. It will never be in there and it probably um for many reasons, you know, most of the people voting on those things wouldn't and um, it's one of those games that, um, like maybe some people in our audience will go play and get, um, you know, sort of the same, you know, uh, uh, education and, you know, um, reaction to it that you did. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, those games are just as important and it's what, um, you know, when you're trying to say, you know, games are an art form, um, those games are probably the very personal short games that come on itch 
especially, um, are probably more important to the genre than your God of War, stuff like that, or not genre to the to the industry. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I always enjoy uh, a, an obscure game. You know, makes it onto our list here. Um, or when I was doing this as a written format, um, there. Um, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, if someone out there who's never heard of this game, you know, goes and plays it, and it makes makes the same difference it does in them. And that's 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 all I could ask for. Um, and you know, if if we have any kind of influence on people, so um, that will do it um, for our game of the year uh, podcast. Um, another year is in the books, guys. Um, I think we're pretty close to, um, what is it? We'll be, it was right before the pandemic. So it'll be our three year anniversary in a couple months, um, Crazy. of doing the streaming and, and the podcast, um, which I think is June. So it's a little later. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun as usual. Um, it's, it's always, um, good to get some games. Uh, from a list like this, which is why I read and listen to all Game of the Year stuff um, uh, out there. And I hope that you found a game um, that you would like to play, um, listeners out there. Um, if you have any Games of the Year that we didn't mention that you would like to, um, you know, put, um, you know, forth uh, to us, um, go to the Twitter at GameVaultPod and, um, you know, just do it from there. Um, yeah, so we will be back um, for the uh, last uh, show of the year, um, which uh, may either be a full podcast or maybe a short one, just depending on how things um, shake out, because um, it is December 30th. Um, and we'll talk about uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 there as our retro roulette game, um, and we'll spin the wheel again at that point uh, and start off a fresh new year with a new game. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, so without... Further ado, um, be sure to check out our streams. Um, I know the next two weekends might be tough for me, so just keep an eye on the Twitter because um, I normally stream Saturday and Sundays, uh, and with those being um, Christmas and New Year's. Um, probably more likely for the New Year's weekend and not the um, uh, Christmas weekend. Um, so be sure to check that out. I may do my um, Fuser stream, uh, since that is getting delisted, um, soon, um, and on New Year's Eve, as I usually do. So, thank you for joining me, Tom, Jen, Jonathan, as always. Um, it's been fun, and, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye!